the Chaos Reign. Chaos Reign presents the four D's of economic exclusion. Broadcast November 3rd, 2019. Enjoy. Solutions hosted by Tyrone Thompson at TalkRealSolutions.com are the views of Tyrone Thompson and do not reflect the views of TalkRealSolutions.com, YouTube, or etc. The content here belongs to Talk Real Solutions and its many contributors. Views and opinions expressed by all contributors belong to them and not TalkRealSolutions.com or Tyrone Thompson, the host, or etc. All data and information provided on the site is for informational purposes only. Talk Real Solutions makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information on this site and will not be liable for any errors, omissions, or delays in this information or any losses, injuries, or damages arising from its display or use. All information is provided on an as-is basis. In the world where there's crime, corruption, violence, rape, murder, death, and all forms of atrocities that plague the world, what we live in today. What you're witnessing, we live in a state of chaos, and it'll take a greater or much extremer chaos to restore the order in which the world we live in today. Hello, black people. This is Chaos here. Tonight is a night where, you know, like many shows, I don't really emphasize the severity or, or the dangers or the potential dangers of what is ahead for the descendants of slaves, Ados people of America, to what is possibly coming, potentially. But from what I've glimpsed, it has to be talked about. So before we go into 
tonight's discussion. I'd like everybody to go to talkrealsocial.com. On the talkrealsocial.com, you'll see a three-point plan for black empowerment, black achievement. And under that three-point plan, you'll see a list of black-owned banks located here in the black, in actually, <laughs> in the United States of America. Um, also, and also, if you think about the banks that's located here, um, depending where you at in a certain state, they could assist you in you know, regards to um, diversify your money and you could operate in practice economics. But even tonight's discussion, you know, it's going to be questionable moving forward. But that all the information is there on the website on TalkRealSolutions.com. Also on TalkRealSolutions, you'll find the latest articles and news that's being posted out here from, you know, war, economics, or dysregular news. It's also on the website as well. And under TalkRealSolutions website, there is a donation tab where you could contribute, donate to the channel, see wherever you can, and with wherever the word value of the show is, you could donate there. Also, you'll find all episodes, including this one, on YouTube. You could type in Talk Resolutions on YouTube. You'll find shows like the TRS News, which is one of the more popular, more informal news shows. I advise, you know, every Thursday, tune into that. Also, you got ABC show, and you got regular Negroes on here doing open mic and, you know, talking about whatever the hell they're talking about. But, you know, this show, all shows are pretty much broadcast six to seven days a week, including this one, Chaos Radio Show. So, you know, if you missed this show, you can go back to that particular piece, depending how long it is. Um... But like always, I always upload my shows on my channel, Chaos Rain channel. So if you're not subscribed to Chaos Rain, I advise subscribe to it as well. I put some of the shows that I do on there as well. A much more shorter and condensed version. Okay. So as I check if the YouTube is up and running, which it probably is, And all right, tonight's show. Chaos Rain presents the four D's of economic exclusion. And as you know, the whole premise of tonight's stream, I will be posting, actually I'll be playing a clip of a man named Mr. Byron Allen. And not only his life, but usually it's going to go down to Nick Gritty of what he is doing right now in regards to finding the, the government, United States government, in regards to, you know, his issue with them segregating to post his um, weather cast from Comcast. So throughout the whole entire discussion, it's going to be mostly based on him. But before anything else, let me tell y'all what are the four D's. And I did wrote it down. Let me find it. Okay, good. 
before these, if I try to find it, okay, the four Ds, and this will be off the words of Mr. Allen himself, but I'll give it to you ahead of time. One, they'll dismiss you. Two, they'll discredit you. Three, they'll demonize you. And the fourth and final one, they will destroy you. So me saying all that, Mr. Byron Allen, in his interview, he'll clarify that and many more of what he's trying to accomplish and what potentially might be what is ahead for the Eidos people here in America. So I hope that y'all listen closely. I will give my commentary of this matter. So I'm going to start this at a certain junction point. So let me... um. Okay. Wake that ass up in the morning. Let me do this. I'm going to start this at a... We're going to start this at the five-minute mark. All right. Listen good with my commentary. Enjoy every day and didn't even know it mm-hmm. and these guys were trying to figure out how to put 36 hours in a 24-hour day mm-hmm. and that's what I wanted to do I wanted to go to the factory with them and uh, it was just a game changer to see how television was made so I started doing stand-up comedy mm-hmm. when I was about 13 14 years old that's how I got first introduced to you as a comedian yeah. yeah yeah I started when I was a kid because of watching Red Fox and Johnny Carson and all of these comedians, and I said, you know what, I'm going to start doing stand-up, and I went to the comedy store, and I uh, did my routine, and, it, and a guy saw me, a terrific guy named Wayne Klein. He saw me, and he said, who wrote those jokes? And I said, I did. <laughs> he said, I know somebody might be interested in writing with you. I said, all right. I gave him my phone number, and I got a call like a week or two later, and this guy calls me up. He goes, let me speak to Byron. J.J. Walker. There it is. I go, this is Byron. He goes... He goes, this Byron, I go, yeah, he goes, my man Wayne Klein says you're funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if my man Wayne Klein says you're funny, you must be funny. I said, oh, thank you. He goes, you want to come write some jokes with us? I go, all right, let me ask my mom. And he was like, oh, he's got to ask his mom. So I started writing jokes with Jimmy J.J. Walker. I went to his apartment. I was 14 years old and in his living room. What kind of apartment did he have? Did it look like the Good Times apartment, or was he making he, money? He was making money. Okay. He, he was making. He was. He was hotter than the sun. He okay. was. He was. Uh, you know, on Good Times, number one show. He was mm-hmm. lighting it up. And I go into his apartment, sitting there is David Letterman, who who had just driven out from Indianapolis in a red pickup truck because he didn't think he was going to make it and he wanted to drive home, and Jay Leno, who was sleeping in his car. Mm. And they were getting two hundred bucks a, a week, and I was I got twenty five dollars a joke. Twenty five dollars a joke to write. Yeah, so I sold my joke. I sold a joke to him. Mothers say the craziest things. This milk smells sour. Here, taste it. Boom. That was it. Twenty five dollars, and uh, I was able to quit my paper route. <laughs> and because that was great, because I was thrown the Herald Examiner, 
and I had to throw new, two newspapers to make a penny. And so I thought, okay, I've made it. And uh, I started doing stand-up and kept doing stand-up and kept writing. And I was really fortunate. I ended up being the youngest comedian on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And uh, that went really well. And I remember standing behind the curtain. And I said, all right, the next five minutes here after he introduces me will change my life forever. Mm -hmm. And it went well. And I got a number of offers. And one of them was uh, Real People, which ended up being the... Uh, the granddaddy of reality shows. Mm -hmm. And so Real People was amazing because it took me all over the country. And I was able to see America, and I mean small-town America, where you don't have stoplights. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, population 300 people. So uh, that's pretty much, that's how I got into the business. But before that, it was tough. I mean, it was, you know, with a single mother. And uh, there was talk about her not being able to afford me, not being able to keep me because... Uh, Things were tough. Money was really tight. And uh, that clicked with me as a kid. So I started figuring out how to make money early on because my mother and father had gotten a divorce. And uh, I felt like I pretty much lost my father in that divorce. And I wasn't about to lose my mother. So I said, I'm not going to let money be the reason why they say to her, you need to put them up for adoption. Mm -hmm. You need to put them in foster care. Uh, or whatever it is. So I started making money, and I, m I remember How? being... I was 10 years old. I went to the supermarket, Ralph's, uh, La Brea and 3rd, and I went to the supermarket, and I said, hey, can I get a job? And they said, how old are you? I said, I'm 10 years old. They said, you have to be at least 16 to work here to bag groceries. I said, you have to be 16 to bag gro groceries? I go, well, how old is that guy right there bagging groceries? They said, he's 16 years old. I said, well, I'm 10 years old, and I know not to put eggs at the bottom of the bag. <laughs> so why don't you give me a job? Wow, you snitched. <laughs> <laughs> he snitched. Well, he was sitting there, and I'm like, this lady's going to come back and say, this kid messed up my Absolutely. eggs. Right. right? So they said, no, that's not going to work. So uh, I was walking out of the store, and I saw this lady bringing a grocery basket back into the store. And I said, and I watched her take the basket and push it into this, into this machine. And then the machine gave her a stamp. And I said, hey, lady, what is that? She goes, well, every time you, you, you put a grocery basket in this machine, you take it out of the parking lot because they don't want grocery baskets in the parking lot, you get a stamp. And if you get 100 stamps, you get a dollar's worth of food. So I just worked that parking lot. Wow. And I just kept putting baskets in that machine. That's not loitering. That's not loitering. They, yeah. It was He's there. Working. I'm working. I'm putting baskets. And, and I'm coming home with food. For my mother. Wow. And I'm saying, okay, here we go, mama. You don't have to worry about feeding us. Right? So you start hustling. That clicks right there. Like when somebody goes to your core and say, hey, you can't afford to keep your family, which is something that's very real today. Because mm -hmm. we're seeing mothers, single mothers who are struggling. Half the women in this country are living at or below the poverty line. And we're seeing them struggle to try and keep food on the table. And the government's taking them away. Mm-hmm. Because of that, I've seen that. I've come too close to that. I've tasted that abyss. So you That's know, what drives people to a life of crime. A lot of brothers in the hood feel like, you know what, I got to go make ends meet. So they start going to do illegal things to put food on the table. Yes, position to fail, position to fail. You know, I, uh, I wanted to look at uh, Martin Luther King through Coretta Scott King's eyes. So I Before I continue, to let everybody know, Byron Allen, if y'all look him on Wikipedia, he was born 
I believe April 17 or 20 something 1961 he's now 58 years old now so if he knows through the early parts of the discussion and if he explains the background of his upbringing a little bit from a single household you know parents were married when they I believe from what he said when they had him or so and they had him very young so you know when we look at marriage back then to now you know people don't get married like they used to because you know the environment of this country changed drastically over the time when Byron was born during the 60s so keep that in mind let's continue so I went and I bought uh, I went to her a number of years and finally I got her to sell me the rights to her life story because I wanted to look at Martin through her eyes I felt like mm. she's the one that knew him better than anybody I felt like Coretta is the true queen of America because she's the one who was with him through the civil rights movement she's mm. the one who raised their four children she's the one who raised over 50 million dollars to build the Martin Luther King Center for nonviolent change and she is the one who made Martin Luther King's birthday a national holiday the only American to have his birthday as a national holiday. And she sued the, the she, government. She sued, yes, and, and I'm making a movie. I'm making a movie about that. I'm making a movie about that. And one. Yes, and one. I'm making a movie about that, which is going to change everybody's perspective. And I learned so much from her, and uh, she taught me so much. I'll never forget, she said to me, Byron, as black people, we have four major challenges. Number one, end slavery. Number two, in, in Jim Crow. Now, Jim Crow, in my opinion, was more damaging than slavery because as slaves, we were, we were property. Mm -hmm. we, we were an asset. And when we became free, we became a liability. Mm. And that's when they introduced Jim Crow. I need to murder you. I Ooh. need to lynch you. Ooh. I need to incarcerate you because you are competing with me. End Jim Crow. And I got to pause that for a second. Now, my job, I know a lot of black people today don't understand the world of how the game really works. You have to compete at a high level. We're in the global market today. And I know a lot of black people don't understand even the word itself mean competing. It's not only you compete with your brother and sister, but you compete on a global set with other races of people. That includes the Asian man, the Arab man, and also the European man, a.k.a. the Caucasoid man. And during a time after the late 1800s, instead of competing with the skilled African man, ADOS man, he did what he did was necessary for his own survival. That means he'll lynch you, he'll kill you, same thing. He'll give you underpaid for the little work you have and say again what's rightfully due and do everything possible because he knows that for him to maintain and survive in a world where his his existence is not secure he has to feed and suck on your blood like any parasite leech on you and get his nourishment from his daily nourishment for his survival and now he knows that when he released the physical chains off you, he cannot intentionally, physically nourish and leash off you like that freely. 
So he had to do what he's doing now to keep not only himself afloat, but to keep what we call or to really survive in a very much competitive world. And a lot of people don't understand that no matter what you do on this earth, you're going to have to compete. A lot of people can't escape competition. I know that most fathers have sons. I advocate you teach your sons that, son, I love you, but you're going to have to compete on this major level. And the road to actual freedom and salvation and actual power will never be easy for me. Some days you're going to be frustrated. Some days you're going to quit. You want to quit. But no, said for your survival, you're going to have to fight by any means necessary. There's no way around it. Until the black male or the black man gets it through his no good head, he's always going to be looked at as second class. And not only second class, but he's going to look at as lesser than to a society, a system that structure your own demise. Let's continue. And she said, achieve, number three, achieve civil rights. And then she choked up. And the next thing she said pretty much changed the way I looked at the world. She said, the real reason they killed my Martin, achieve economic inclusion. That's right, the Poor People's March. That's it. Poor People's Movement. That's it. She said, they didn't kill my Martin over I Have a Dream. Mm -hmm. They killed my Martin over the speech, The Other America. That's right. That's the speech. That's the speech everybody needs to know innately. There are two Americas. One America has opportunity and access to capital and and education. and, And what does it matter if I can sit at the same lunch counter as my white counterpart? And I cannot afford the same hamburger. That's right. There are two Americas, and two Americas will not survive. That's why they killed him, the Poor People's March. Mm-hmm. He was going to deliver half a million poor people, mainly poor white people. Yeah, of all races. That of would have been the ra- game changer. That was the game changer. Yeah. He was delivering over, over half a million poor people to the nation's capital. And uh, the government said, hey, this guy's a threat to national security. And we've, we're making a movie about this, that they gave the orders to kill him. Yeah. And uh, Have you ever read William Pepper's book, His Lawyer? Well, I, that's the book I bought, Oh, Orders right. to Kill. Orders so to kill. we're yeah. making, that's the reason I got in the movie business, to tell that story and wow. other stories like it. So and that's why we're, we are the first movie studio to go direct to the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And we deal directly with the theaters. So when she told me that, it really changed everything. And I said, you know, you and Martin have done an amazing job. I said the fourth and final chapter, this generation will deal with it. You guys took care of the first three, and now it's time for us to deal with that fourth chapter, economic inclusion. And I never forgot, she said, they will come after you. They will come after they come, you. Well, you. They're kind of coming after you now, right? They always come after me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, listen, I, I, you know, people always, I'm, I've made it very clear, do not live in fear. You cannot live in fear. You've, you know, I burnt my knee pads long ago, you know. A lot of brothers. <laughs> so a, a lot of brothers say to me, they're going to blackball you. They're going to blackball you. And I'm like, hey, when your black ass was born, they blackballed you. You just didn't get the email. You were born blackballed. You know, you've been positioned to fail. And you have to recognize where you are. 
you know, and it took a it took a lot for me to start to see what was going on. Having kids, you know, taking my kids to school, taking my daughter Chloe to school when she was two or three years old, and she's in the back seat, and my other daughter Olivia, and my son Lucas wasn't born at the time, and my daughter Chloe started counting and telling me all the homeless people she was seeing out on the streets. Daddy, I see another homeless person. Daddy, I see another homeless person. Mm. Daddy. When are we going to stop to help them? How come we're not helping them, Daddy? Three years old. And by the time I got to the next light, I started crying. I started crying because I realized I had turned off my empathy button. Right. And this little girl... It was normalized. It was normalized. That's right. You got it. And this little girl turned that empathy button back on. And what was it about me that I was going to act like I don't see you? Mm -hmm. Mm. And I said, yeah, you know what? We are going to help them. What's going on here? There's a matrix that's happening here, and we're going to crack the code. And I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I said, you know what? It's the, uh, it's the four Ds. It's the four Ds. What are the four Ds? They dismiss you. It was perfected on women hundreds of years ago. Just dismiss you. Hey, you know what? I'm not getting a fair shake here. I'm just going to. They just dismiss you. Then. All right. As you know, Byron's going to go into the four Ds that I said before. Dismiss you. That's what they do. Just like a woman. Everybody got that feeling. Let him continue. Hey, uh, and you get a little upset about being dismissed, and you say, no, no, this is real. We have to really get this on track. Then they discredit you. Mm-hmm. Oh. Discredit you. Oh, look at that. Okay. And then you get really a little louder, a little bit more aggressive, not in a, in a bad way, but like we have to really deal with this. Then they move on to that third D, and they have to move on to that third D to get, to get right with their Christian selves. They demonize you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hear that? Demonize you. Y'all know that a lot of Christians out here, and we got a whole bunch of black people that fall Christian. That's third stage out of everything when you try to push narratives. They go and demonize you. You're the devil. You're evil. This and that third. I'm not sure if y'all know any examples of many people that were doing good things when a few stages that they do to incriminate them or discredit them. One of those is demonize them. You get me? And then once they hit that third D and they demonize you, they have a green light to go to that inevitable fourth D, destroy Destroy you. Right. And destroying is one thing that a lot of Negroes are afraid of. Once they get for all three, and once they have that light to destroy you, oh, it's off. Oh, it's dismiss, discredit, demonize, destroy. And I watched, and I looked at it, and I said, wow, what is going on here? And I said, you know, we are positioned to fail because of the nature of how we came into this country. We were brought here to create wealth, not to share the wealth. Mm -hmm. And you're brought here to build wealth, to make people wealthy, not to share it. And the moment we became free, we became a liability to them. And that's when they kicked in and said, here you go. I'm going to incarcerate you. And I say, listen, they get us in the schoolroom. 
by making sure you don't get a proper education. Right. They get you in the boardroom by making sure you don't have access to capital that's not predatory and business opportunities. And they get you in the courtroom by making sure there are laws that incarcerate you and lock you up long before you get choked to death in the streets. Now, how did you get the capital for a lot of the stuff that you did? Because, like you said, they don't give us anything. How yeah. were you able to get that mind frame and have that business mind frame to purchase and do yeah. some of the moves that you were able to do? Like how do you pivot from artist to executive? Well, you know, from watching that, understanding this, understand, you have to understand where you are. Understanding how you're positioned to fail. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand, if you don't get into that matrix, then you can't go to the next level. So I said, okay, how do we get around that? You know, when you look at an Eric Garner mm -hmm. getting choked to death in the streets, right? They didn't position him properly in the schoolroom to have that education so he can have access to that capital. So he wasn't standing on the sidewalk, but rather he owned the block. Mm -hmm. He owned the store in which he was standing in front of. How does that happen where he gets choked to death? Mm -hmm. It's happening. We're be the battle is not in the streets. It's in the schoolroom. It's making sure we get a proper education. Right. It's in the it's in the boardroom, making sure you have access to capital that's not predatory. And it's in the courtroom, like we are in the Supreme Court, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And this was something that, you know, I started supporting Senator Obama mm -hmm. long before black America or anybody knew his name, right? Because he came to folks who had the capital to support. I was happy to support. And after he became president, I said, I'm not, I'm not any different than anybody else. I have an agenda. Mm -hmm. My agenda is that I want for all Americans to have equal access to capital and opportunity, especially African-Americans, the furthest left behind. So I said, I have two asks of you. I said, you just spent $700 billion to bail out the banks. And I want you to audit the banks and see if they're lending money to black people. Not minorities, black people. Because minorities, that's defined as white women, yes. mm -hmm. and the new minorities, gay white men. Mm -hmm. But you hear that? Do you hear that? See the games that these niggas don't understand? When they talk about minorities, they're not talking about your black ass. They talk about European Caucasian women and homosexuals. They're using word tricks on y'all to what you were supposed to be given. Ain't that beautiful? That is so sinister. So sinister. But that's how the game works. Because you don't understand how the game is being played. You live in a competitive world. And like anything, your competition plays for keeps. He'll play dirty on you. He'll do everything possible to keep you out the competition. Know this. Understand this. Love it. And respect the game. Don't hit the player. Love the game. If you actually say I'm going to audit you to see if you're lending money to black people, Negroes, whichever decade you want to go to, mm -hmm. you're going to see that we're not getting access to capital. And at that point, I had seen the data mm -hmm. that unemployment for under Obama's administration, unemployment for black America had gone up and had gone down for white America. And home ownership had hit a 25-year low. Mm -hmm. 
So I said that audit will send a very clear message to the banks to start lending money to black folks, and they'll start dig- digging black people up out of graves and lending money <laughs> <laughs> to maintain their their good standing with the United States government. And you I got said, a loan. No, no. So okay. I went to them, and that was the other thing. And I said, listen, the other thing I want you to do is just understand that the United States government has over a trillion-dollar pension fund, over a T, government worker pension fund money. People who work for the government, over a trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. Not one penny of that is managed by African Americans. Wow. And I just need you to make sure that, you know, maybe $150 billion is in the hands of qualified African-American money managers because that's going to be invested in African-American entrepreneurs in our communities, Mm -hmm. and that will create jobs in our community, and we can start to address the economic genocide Mm -hmm. by making sure you don't have access to a proper education, making sure you don't have access to capital. That equals genocide. I'm going to squeeze you out. I'm going to take the oxygen out of the room. I'm going to position you to fail. You don't have a proper education. You don't have access to capital that's, that's not predatory. Mm-hmm. You don't have opportunities. So I said those two things will change the game. Mm-hmm. With a promise they don't want to change the game. They intensely want to economically squeeze you, squeeze every penny of you, not only from your from what you're doing, but also for your taxes. They squeeze hard. And at the end, of, I'll tell one book people should invest and buy. And there are many books that talk about this, but I'll give that a conclusion of this, you know, interview. Just notify the banks. I'm going to give you a report card on black people and carving out about $150 billion mm-hmm. of government worker pension fund money a lot of it coming from people of color. And uh, that did not happen, but that was my ask. And it sounded I was, like Barack just now. That did not happen? <laughs> <laughs> that did not happen. Well, why didn't that happen? He, I Honestly, I think we, as a people, we were not clear in our ask, and we didn't hold him and others accountable. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that now. A lot of people feel like we just... Was so happy that we had a beautiful a black, black family, and, and, and that's that it. we didn't ask for none. There was no democracy that came behind. We, we didn't, didn't have an ask. We weren't, you know. Look, uh, other communities were brilliant, and they had an ask, and they got results. We weren't clear in our ask. I was clear in my ask, and I said, "This is what I need for Black America. I need economic inclusion. We need to address the fourth and final chapter, and ultimately, that's what's going to make America better." Is that Everybody is fully, you know, maximizing their potential. Can we I have ask to ask you about higher education. You still tell us how you got the money, though. Yeah. Oh, how I got? Oh, you want to? You want to? Okay. How you got the money? Comedian, writing your ass, getting the money. Get people to buy all the weather channel. He's trying to get all the y'all money. How'd you get the money, Byron? You ain't taking to the. Okay, my money's easy. My money's easy. You know, like I said, I had to learn how to make money from the day. I started saying, look, I'm going to help my mother. I'm going to make sure I'm not a burden. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that's the easy part. Making money is easy. And uh, that's a mindset. 
You could put up a radar and say, where's trouble and trouble will find you. You could put up a radar and say, where's this and it will come to you. But when you put up that radar that says, okay, how are we going to make money in an honest way, in a legal way, mm-hmm. you're going to figure it out, especially today yeah. with the Internet. Yeah, but with 300 the internet, million to buy the weather channel? 300, by the way, 300 million is not a lot of money. And uh, so I think. <laughs> okay, what kind of billions Byron working with? Let me get three hundred million. Let me, let me get fifty. Then. Okay. You know, give me ten. I listen. Three hundred million. You know, I wanna, I wanna make sure everybody understands how much money there's out there. There, there is out there, and mm-hmm. it is there for you. That money is there for you, and you can make all that and more. That money's there, especially today. I mean, you look in America. This is the greatest financial system out there. We have over twenty trillion dollars in liquidity in our financial systems. That money is just swirling, looking for a place to invest and looking for a place to get a safe return. That money is available to you. That money is looking for you. And there aren't that many people who can actually invest it, protect it, return it with a return. So there's plenty of capital. There's no shortage of capital in America. How do you get it, though? <laughs> Great question. All right, so let's talk about it. All right, we're listening. All right, well, let's talk about it. Then we got to go back a little bit. Okay. Because I want everybody to understand it innately because I want everybody out there to be a billionaire. Mm. And I like when you talk like that. I, <laughs> I, I want everybody, everybody to be a billionaire. Right. I want everybody to be a billionaire. Okay? We'll I talk want... billion, Allen. <laughs> because, by the way, God wants you to be that, too. Wants you to be your best. So I'm here to help. All right. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about, I started my company from my dining room table in uh, 93, and I did a television special where I interviewed a bunch of funny friends. I remember that. Right? So a weekly one-hour show called Entertainers with Byron Allen. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started, uh, I sat at my dining room table, and I called all 1,300 television stations and asked them to carry the show for free. Mm-hmm. And uh, on average, they all told me no about 50 times. And literally, I sat at my dining room table from sunup to sundown, and I got about 50,000 no's. Mm -hmm. And after a year of doing that, I was able to squeeze out about 150 yeses. Mm -hmm. I got a station, a TV station, in every market from New York to Waterloo, Iowa, Mm -hmm. right? And so that was my lineup. Now, Tribune had said to me, Byron, if you get 75% of the country, we will sell your commercial time. Because I said to the TV stations... There's 14 minutes of commercial time. I'll keep seven minutes. You keep seven minutes. I'll sell my seven minutes to national advertisers. You, local TV station, you sell your seven minutes to local advertisers. Smart. Right? You sell it to local banks, car dealers, supermarkets. I'll sell my seven minutes right. to McDonald's and Pepsi and Johnson & Johnson and General Motors. You sell yours to the local, no. you know. Sport. And they didn't pay for the show. You, they, I, you I paid get, they, to get so everything That's right. Done. They didn't pay for mm-hmm. the show. I gave them the show for free. You produced the show, did everything yourself. Everything myself. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Sat there for one year and just worked the phones like crazy for one year. The hardest thing I've ever done, give away a TV show for free. Right. Mm-hmm. So now the problem was, after I did that, good old Tribune said, we changed our mind. We're not going to give you an advance of $400,000 so you can go into production and produce this TV show. So I said, okay, I'm not going to sit here for one year and tell these TV stations I'm not going to deliver what I told you I would deliver. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have two nickels to rub together. Mm -hmm. And I decided I'm going forward. And I went forward. I didn't know how I was going to get it done. But Martin Luther King, like he said, that's faith, taking step, taking that step. Taking when the I was, first step when you don't see the rest of the staircase. And you don't see the rest of the staircase. There it is. Right? So I went forward. 
And it was tough. My home went in and out of foreclosure over 14 times over about a four or five year period. Or from bankruptcy to billionaire. From bankruptcy to billionaire. That's exactly right. There was uh, uh, I, I, there were days I didn't eat. There were days they turned my phone off. And this is before mobile phones. I was <laughs> calling people from a pay phone. And I got to know the lady really well at the bank. And I'll never forget her. She says, your, your, your file keeps coming on my desk. <laughs> she says, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm not paying my mortgage because I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm paying the cameraman and I'm paying the sound person and I'm paying to get tape and I'm paying to have my show edited and I'm paying to put it on the satellite and I'm just trying to put a show in production. I don't have the money to do it. And she says, listen up, honey. She says, don't let, don't let it go past day 89 because day 89, day 90, it goes to the lady next to me. Agnes, and you don't want your file to go to her desk. That's a mean name. Agnes is not as nice as me. Yeah, white women named Agnes don't play no games. So I said, day 89, and that was it. And I showed up every day on the 89th day, and uh, I paid my mortgage, but I was floating. And finally, I turned the corner, and I signed up all the movie studios to buy advertising. Before that, I was selling 1-800-SPRAY-ON-HAIR. And after I got the movie studios... Okay, Envy. Yeah, it is. He just got his. He just, is real. That's real. He just got his. Oh, you just got his. That's spray on there. It's not spray on. It's plug-in. It's plug-in. It's plug-in. It's not no damn plug-in. It's okay. plug-in. It looks good, man. It looks good. Thank you. I probably got 20 bucks for that can. Thanks, so, <laughs> <laughs> This is real. Oh, is that real? But thanks, okay. Oh, you still, got, you still got the spray on. Oh, we, we sell it to everybody, right? So we kept selling, and I went, I got movie studios, and I and I said, I'm going to go to soft drinks. I got soft drinks and I went to fast foods and I went to packaged goods and I went to pharmaceuticals and I went to automotive and I went industry by industry by industry and I went to board of directors and I went to CEOs and chief marketing. this was you. This was this not me. assistant. This was this not me. a friend. This I'm on the phone. Me. I'm gone. I'm going Go. day and night. I'm on the plane every night. I'm five, you know, six meetings a day, whatever it is. And finally, I put another show on. I said, you know, I know all these television stations. I know all these advertisers. I put another show on, another show. Next thing you know, I have 43 shows on the air. Mm. One of the largest privately held libraries in the world. And I went to Verizon. I said, look, I want to launch 10 networks with you. They said, we won't give you 10. We'll give you six. We launched six 24-hour HD networks. I went back a few uh, years later and said, I got a seventh network. We launched the seventh network because we ended up being one of the largest producers of court shows. We launched a seventh network. And then a buddy came to me, and uh, a guy who satellited my networks. Success begets success. Mm-hmm. And he came to me and he said, uh, can we have dinner? And I said, sure. And he's, we sat down. He says, you don't realize this. Before I was the, the CEO of this satellite company that satellites our networks, he said, I used to be the chief operating officer of the Weather Channel. Mm-hmm. And he said, you should buy the Weather Channel. Mm-hmm. He goes, I know you don't think about the Weather Channel in L.A. because it's always 80 degrees and sunny, but it's a great business. And it generates hundreds of millions of dollars. And uh, the people who own it just don't want to own it anymore because they're in a partnership, a three-way partnership. It's Bain, it's Blackstone, and it's NBC Universal, and they want to get out of the deal. And I said, okay. And he started talking about it. And I said, okay, let me get into it. We got into it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to buy the Weather Channel. And I called a guy up, and I said, you know, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to buy the Weather Channel. And I said, it generates uh, quite a bit of capital. And uh, I need $310 million. Oh, so you didn't use your own money? I didn't use my own money. Oh, okay. I borrowed it. 
Okay. So the guy, I called him on a Friday morning. You got his number? I like yeah, yeah. I'll, call him. yeah, I'll get you his number. <laughs> and, uh, and by the way, and here's what I knew. He, he has $100 billion that he manages. So when you have $100 billion that you manage, you have a problem. You have $100 billion that you must shepherd, invest, and get back with a return. Right. You so have to I, do something with that money. You got to do something with it. it. Right. There it is. So I said, look, I'm here to help. You got $100 billion. I'm here to help you unload some of that, put it somewhere, and get that return. I'm an asset. Called him on a Friday morning. He sent his top executive to see me the next business day, Monday at 2 o'clock. Sat in my conference room for four hours. He said, this is one of the most amazing business stories I've ever heard. You are a brilliant entrepreneur. I'm going to give you a commitment letter, a term sheet tonight, and a commitment letter tomorrow morning. Please close on the Weather Channel. Wow. And we did. See, if you know money, money will know you and love you and be with you. Money's easy. Don't be afraid of money. Let money love you. Money will always be with you. There's plenty of money. Now, money loves me. Did money you have cool me. when he's... Let me pause that. One thing he just said, and you know what probably us as people say, <laughs> as much as I admit it, we don't really like the money we have in our hand. And there are many reasons for that. You know, obviously, if you look at the currency we have, it's not us on the front of this fiat currency. is usually European dead men. But, like always, this is a tool at the end. Of it. And what you use, it, it either can empower you or it can perpetually make you more greater slave. It's one or the other. You got to pick. Pick a struggle, people. And another thing, he said one thing that catch my attention. You have to love money. Utilize it. Don't be afraid of it. And because of his hard work and determination, like any entrepreneur like Bar Aunt, he works on his craft. He's a very good salesperson. And anything in life, especially if you have children they want to get into sales, they should always emulate the people that had success and what they did differently to become so great. If your children, boys and girls, want to be a salesperson or an entrepreneur yourself, you gotta learn how to sell to a person. Because if you know how to sell, you can never go starving. Keep that in mind. Let's continue. With that, or were you <laughs> were you like, all right, thanks, man, or, and or did you give a little scream? No, I said like, I'm here to help. Like it's you know we we we, 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 we I'm here to help. Because in no. my head, when he said yes, I'm going to give you that commitment letter tomorrow. Yeah, I, I would have cool been like, but that's not the first time you've done something like that. You purchased uh, eleven small market networks from USA. TV, well, you know, right? one of the first things I purchased, I purchased uh, a, a movie distribution company, mm -hmm. uh, freestyle releasing, because I wanted to go straight to the movie theaters. Because we as African Americans, we've never had that, mm -hmm. where we control our distribution right to the movie theaters, and I bought the Griot. And the Griot is uh, an amazing African-American yeah. publishing. We, we watch Natasha on it all the time. Mm -hmm. Natasha is the great one. She's amazing. And Todd Johnson just came on board to, to be our fearless leader. And I felt it was important in buying the Griot to own, you know, our, our voice, to own our position in the marketplace, to really control our narrative. You know, it's so, you know, it's very important to me because when my children were born, I had a guy say to me, you know, a white guy he says to me, why is it important that you have black ownership? You know, what's wrong with black targeted? 
because there are a lot of black faces. And I said, I'm glad you asked me that question. You know, uh, let me tell you why I bought the Grio and why I bought a movie distribution company and why I own 10 cable networks. Let me ask you something. As a white man who has children, are you comfortable with me controlling the images of your daughters mm. and how they are produced and how they're depicted and how they grow up looking at themselves? Are you cool with me having 100% control over how your white daughter mm. sees herself. Mm -hmm. And he said, no. And I said, great. I said, I expected you to answer the question that way. Now understand me as a black man and my black daughters. Now that they're here, I'm going to take a seat at the table and I'm going to control how they're produced and how they're depicted and how they grow up and how they see themselves. Because at this moment in my life, nothing is more important to me than them. So when you bought those networks from USA for $290 million, that was your that was your intention? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, what we have to do is we have to have ownership. You know, that's what we need to do. We need to have ownership in our community. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've always pushed for, whether it's the GRIO or whether it's distributing to movie theaters or whether it's owning cable networks or whether it's owning TV stations or whether it's owning radio stations. You have to, you have to own the game, not play the game. And that's always been my position. Own the game, don't play the game. How big are you seeing though? Like, so you talked about some of the stuff that you're seeing on these TV networks. Yeah. What's your opinion on the stuff that you're seeing out there on TV? I mean, it's varied. I mean, there's an audience for all of it, right? right? You know, look, you have 7 billion people on the planet, 7 billion. You don't need that many people. You have about 4 billion connected devices around the world. You don't need that many people to really actually appreciate what you do, and you have a sustainable business. So, you know, it's one of those things where it doesn't matter what I think. There's an audience for mm -hmm. it. Well, right? What are your channels, and what kind of programming are you putting up? We have uh, comedy.tv. Um, which is, you know, our comedy network, Pets.tv. Pets, there, yeah, there's more Pets cars, in America. Cars, My Destination. Uh, My Destination Travel. We put out movies. We put out, you know, 47 Meters Down. And, you know, this Friday, November 1, we have Arctic Dogs, our first animated movie, because I want us to be in the family business, and I want us to understand that business, how to put out animated movies. You know, we're building... Uh, you know, I, I told my wife when I met her almost 20 years ago, she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm building the world's biggest media company, the world's biggest media. Can you do that? Well, yeah, you can. I'm about to say, can you do that putting out black content? Because I haven't heard you mention any like black content. You know what? We are definitely, well, one of the first movies we put out when I bought a freestyle was Meet the Blacks. Okay. With Deion Taylor, who Can't I love. Can't get blacker than that. <laughs> yeah, that's who says Meet the Blacks. Yeah, right? Duval. Right, all yeah. of that stuff. So, I mean, that's what, you know, but what I've always said, and I've said to, you know, young kids, you know what, I don't want to play in the Negro Leagues. I'm going to play in the Global Leagues. I bought the Weather Channel to make it very clear to all of Wall Street, look at me as a global player, not as a black player. Mm-hmm. I'm global and I happen to be black. And there's a big difference. So my assets are global. So I'm not... It can not, be either or though, right? It could be either. I'm somebody not, like Tyler Perry. Tyler... Tyler's amazing. Unapologetically... I love him. ...catered to the black audience. And that's a great and business. And he's a global brand. And he's a global... And that's a big brand. But the assets that I'm purchasing, I'm making sure that they have the ability to be global. So one of the first things I did after buying the Weather Channels, I announced that we're doing something that's never been done before. We're doing the Weather Channel in Espanol. 
It's the first 24-hour Spanish-language weather channel. How do you say it's snowing in Spanish, Drew? Nevando. Nevando. There it is. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make it very clear that, you know, we're global. We're the going. Spanish weather channel be sexy though. It'd be, it'd be mad sexy on the Spanish weather channel. Yeah. What does so, that mean? Yeah, they, they be se- it's, 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 you gotta watch it one day and you see for yourself. It's not your average weather channel. It's sexy. <laughs> so you got a, sex, there, you got a sexy weatherman? <laughs> we haven't started you said that. The guys are sexy. Yeah, you guys and women are sexy. Yeah. You yeah, we haven't started weatherman. that, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it's raining, man. <laughs> it's raining. <laughs> we 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 we're gonna get that done. So you know, you you know, look at the end of the day, the capitals there. And then also you have to make sure you're positioned to win. And I learned this from a guy, God bless his soul, Roger King. And Roger and I became good friends. Roger came to me once. He said, and I live in L.A., he said, will you come to New York and pitch me? And I said, sure. And I went to New York to pitch him. He was as offices on Broadway. Roger King had a company called King World. Mm-hmm. And he distributed Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, Oprah, right? All these amazing shows. Mm-hmm. These were his. He put, the reason you have Oprah is because of Roger King. Mm-hmm. And I pitched him. And he said, wow. He said, I heard you were a great salesman. He said, you really are a great salesman. And that meant a lot to me because mm-hmm. Roger's the most successful at that point. He says, I can only think of one guy who was a better salesman than you. And I said, who's that? Mm-hmm. He said, my daddy. And he said, my daddy loved salesmen. He says, as a matter of fact, he opened his drawer, his desk drawer, and he pulled out a, a tie. He said, this tie belonged to my daddy. I want you to have it wow. because my daddy would have liked you a lot. <laughs> wow. So, it was just mental. Right? You know what deal is getting done after that. <laughs> yeah, he said, so he says, he goes, listen up. He said, uh, I want to share something with you. I said, sure. This is a very wealthy, successful man. He said, I didn't realize how bad it was out there and how much racism there was out there until I went and saw it, started selling Oprah. He said, uh, one of my first pitches, when I went and pitched a TV station to put Oprah on the air, a guy looked at me and said, I'll never put that in on my television station. Wow. Mm-hmm. And looked me in the face. And he said, I got up from the chair I was sitting in, and I threw it across the desk at him. And then I took the show across the street, across the street, and I sold it to his competitor, and I ran that guy out of town. Damn. Thank and he you. said, but you know what really upset me is that he thought he could say that to me. He thought I was good with that. He thought I was cool with that. He said, my mama and daddy raised me better than that. Roger King. I'll never forget this. He says, so listen up. He goes, I know you've been calling all these television stations from your dining room table. And you've been calling them every day, sun up to sundown. I just started my company. He goes, and I play golf with a lot of these guys and they're laughing and joking about how much you call them. And how they're not going to call you back, and they're not going to. And he said they're not going to do business with you because you're black. And he says I don't like that. Mm. I'll never forget this. He says so. Listen up. He goes, I'm having, uh, I'm having my birthday party at my beach house in New Jersey. And he says everybody who owns and operates a TV station is going to be out there. He goes, I hired Paul Lanka, the Four Tops, and Elton John to mm-hmm. celebrate my birthday. They're doing a concert. And the Sarducci brothers are doing a half-hour fireworks show. He goes, please be at my beach house mm-hmm. this weekend. I go, okay. I, had to, I didn't even have the money to get out there. I took the bus all the way out there. And I get out there and say, man, I hope I'm on this man's list. <laughs> and I get there, and I go, uh, I'm here at Byron Allen. See Roger King go, oh, yeah, the boss has been looking for you. He keeps coming out and going, where are you? So I go in, and he goes, Byron Allen! 
Now this party can get started. And he comes that up. That can be to one me. or two things in Hollywood, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good thing. He comes up. He comes <laughs> up. He gives me that bear hug. He goes. He says to me. He says, "Who's not? Who here is not returning your phone calls?" Ooh, on the spot. Right there. And I said, "Everybody." He goes, "Watch this." Hey, Bob, put down that guacamole. Come talk to me. He says, Bob, do you want to renew Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and Oprah? And the guy is just kind of nervously laughing. Of course, because if he didn't, his job was over. He goes, do me a favor. He goes, call Byron back. Figure out some business with him, and then we'll talk about what I'm going to charge you for Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) And he did that for the whole, and he got up on the stage. We got the four tops, and we got Elton John, and we have the hardest working man in Hollywood here in my backyard, Byron Allen. This is the kind of guy you want to do business with. And I never had a game changer, right? Mm -hmm. And I never realized that persisted. But I'll tell you you something that's historic that we're going through. And he taught me that. He goes, you got to position yourself to succeed. And that's what he was doing. So the Obama administration came to me because these big corporations were trying to get bigger. I got to pause this. Now... We all know our beloved, I think he's the 44th president, Barack Obama. And you hear a lot of black people say how Obama did said much or did so much for so-called black people during under eight years term he served as president. And I hear stories hearing that. I hear even now some people say that he reduced the black employment rate, which is questionable, and other things that he so-called accomplished. But at the end of the day, and mind you, for the last few days, they've been talking about Mr. Barack Obama. But here what Brian Heron has to reveal to y'all so-called Negroes that love good old Obama. They were trying to buy bigger assets. Mm-hmm. And so the Obama administration came to me and said, Comcast wants to buy this and Charter wants to buy that, blah, blah, blah. Are they good corporate citizens? And I said, do you want the Hollywood answer or do you want the real answer? Mm-hmm. They said, we want the real answer. I said, the answer is not no, it's hell no. They're not good corporate citizens. He says, they said, how do you figure? I said, well, the industry spends $70 billion a year licensing cable networks. 70 billion and african-american owned media gets zero zero and that's not fair Mm -hmm. and they say we hear that a lot but what are you willing to do i said they said people are afraid to speak up because of reciprocity of repercussions and i said i'll speak up and uh i said but i'm going to do it in a way we won't have to deal with it anymore so i filed these lawsuits that ended up being historic i filed a 20 billion dollar lawsuit against Comcast and a $10 billion lawsuit against Charter. And Why weren't you afraid to do that as a TV guy? Once again, you got to burn the knee pads. Mm-hmm. And I knew we were positioned to fail. We didn't have true economic inclusion, that we weren't really dealing with the fourth and final chapter. Mm-hmm. So I said, we're going to do this the right way. Mm-hmm. So we took them to court, and downtown, uh, one of the judges ruled in Comcast's favor twice. And the other judge rule on the Comcast lawsuit and the other judge ruled in our favor on the charter case. Charter didn't like it. They said, let's go to the Ninth Circuit. 
I said, well, if you're going to take me to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, I'll take Comcast to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Wow. So we went to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And then something historic happened. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in our favor not once but twice mm. on both Comcast and Charter. Comcast was very upset about it and said, well, we're going to take this to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And now... That's going on now. That's going on now. Now we're going to be in the... Now... Well, he's about to say, I want y'all Negroes to listen and hear him good. I don't give a crap how many times y'all been listening to this interview. I think I listened to now, this is probably the fourth or fifth time. I think it's four, maybe five times. Where are how many times I've gone through this? This is the one thing that caught my attention, and not much people are talking about this. People that are labeled the pro-blacks. Unfortunately, and I'm just keeping 100. And mind you, I don't subscribe to every channel, and I don't. I only got eyes to see and ears to hear. But I've not noticed anything circulate of this sort of information that these so-called Negroes are talking about. So listen closely, people. Supreme Court, November 13th. You said you felt like that was an insult to the black community. It is a big insult to the black community because the truth of the matter is what I need the black community to truly understand, my case really isn't in the the Supreme Court anymore. We, unfortunately, are in the Supreme Court. What happened was the Supreme Court said, we're not going to look at the Byron Allen case with Comcast and Charter. We pretty much agree with the Ninth Circuit. That's a dispute between you guys. But we are going to look at the Civil Rights Act of 1866, Section 1981. Now, what, what is that exactly? Uh, great question. The Civil Rights Act of 1866 was put on the books after, so we were freed pretty much December of 1865. And instead of getting what some historians believe reciprocity, 40 acres and a mule, we got this law. We got this law, and basically it says we will have fair contracting, economic inclusion, and government contracting and in commercial contracting because they knew that the newly freed slaves, African-Americans, were not going to be treated freely Mm. in commercial contracting and government contracting, and it was essential for us to be integrated into the financial fiber of America. So this law was put on the books 153 years ago to make sure we had an economic pathway for economic inclusion. Mm. 150, it's the very first civil rights statute in America. It gave birth to civil rights, and it is the civil rights statute that allows us Mm -hmm. to have economic inclusion and stop economic genocide. So what Comcast said, and and the Ninth Circuit told them to get out of here with this, Comcast said, in order for you or Byron or anybody, any minority, to use this law, you must prove that the reason we discriminated against you, discriminated against you, is 100% because you are black. The sole reason we discriminated against you, Charlemagne, is that you are 100% of the reason is that you're black. It could be 99% that you're black and 1% that you're wearing tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. And you can't use the law. You can't bring the lawsuit against me. So they are, they're eviscerating it. They're making it impossible for you to use it. Right. Now, that is called the but-for standard. That is what Comcast 
and charter. That's what they're pushing for. They're pushing for this this civil rights statute to go away. Now, what the Ninth Circuit said in favor of black folks and all minorities, Hispanics, Asians, everybody, that it's not the sole reason, which is the but for, it's the motivating factor. If any part of the reason, if they discriminated against you... It would be impossible for it to be 100%. There it is. It's impossible. So it can't be used. So if it's 20% or 30%, -hmm. any part of the reason, now you can use it. So that is why we're in the, in, the, in the Supreme Court. Now, here's what's happened. Uh, Comcast went and got what's known as an amicus brief, a friend of the court, got Donald Trump's Department of Justice to write them an amicus brief saying, yes, let's roll minorities back to 1865. Let's take those Negroes back to slavery. So I thought... Oh, and they're actually putting that on the books? There, the, Donald Trump's DOJ wrote an amicus brief in favor of... And yes, okay. in favor of Comcast's position against us. And not only that, which we thought was unbelievable and hideous, something we've never seen. Comcast said, well, listen, we have 30 minutes in front of the Supreme Court. And Byron has 30 minutes in front of the Supreme Court. But you know what we're going to do? Comcast, this is what Comcast says. We're going to give 10 of our 30 minutes in front of Donald Trump's the <laughs> Supreme Court, we're going to give 10 of our 30 minutes to Donald Trump's DOJ. <gasps> so now, on November 13th, we're standing in the Supreme Court in a Donald Trump era where we've got Donald Trump's DOJ arguing against us to take the original, the first civil rights statute, and eviscerate it. Hold on now, Mr. Allen. Now, given the makeup of the federal courts, Aren't you concerned that this new case can undo civil rights for a whole generation? It could take us back to 1865, all minorities. So is it worth it? It's, I, didn't, I didn't petition to bring it to the Supreme Court. They did. They So, as y'all listen and as the suspense kills y'all, he did not bring this. They brought this because what he has done now, mind y'all, I know this is not a big issue to a lot of Negroes out here. They think it's say, oh, well, let it roll back. Fuck it. Let's do all that. You know what I'm saying? But then know the severity and danger that might be or what is to come if they succeed to roll that back. All what your ancestors have fought, bled and sweat. And I know I had this back and forth, well, not back and forth, but discussion, where they come up and say that, you know, it's Europeans that free a whole bunch of you, uh, a whole bunch of ADOS black men, black women from the physical enslavement. But we all know there was much more bigger things that played into the decision when Abraham Lincoln took office and the decision what he tried to do in regards to sustain this country and to keep up in what we call this first and beginning stage of industrial revolution back in late 1800 because other countries like I think Europe was industrialized was in that stage right and America was actually behind amongst the world in regards to industrialization so all the infighting and not only with them fighting with the south and north but they also have the concern with these Negroes because some Negroes in the south 
were killing the master, destroying plantation also. And they don't talk about that because I hear a lot of people say they did and and discredit anything that most answer did to the point to force these same people that black people worship to make a harsh decision. Hell, Abraham Lincoln had to make that decision. If you think he'd have kept the unit and keep this, the so-called Negro slaves in chains, he said himself, he would do it. But he know he can't do that. He couldn't do it. And not only that, there was even rumor that if after the war that he was going to try to send, I guess during that time, I think there was like over three or two million African descendants or African slaves during that time to ship them to a colony state called Liberia that was also helped facilitated by the same so-called Negroes that was trained under the system in America. So there was many ways how they were going to play against the Negro here in America. So obviously he took the other route and he got killed eventually and you know they eventually kind of tweaked up some of the bills and stuff during that time. Even this one right here that was presented back in 1866. And mind you, Civil Rights Act did not take effect until 65. So we're looking at almost a century. Imagine that. 99 years. So everything that people didn't know up to this point was planned. Nothing was coincidence. They were going to do this regardless. So the action by Allen, yet yeah, it played it, but they were going to make this move regardless. And, you know, we're in the so-called Trump era, which a lot of people out here rumor now that they try and impeach him, which, you know, good luck to that. But at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, they really want to roll back the time because this is a fallen empire. And the best way to keep the Negroes off balance so he doesn't grab any sort of power in this so-called decline empire, which will eventually convention will lead to a collapse, which in, it can happen tomorrow or next year or a few years down the line, is to keep you disarray and out of institutes so that way if anything happens you're going to be left holding that bag you feel me and be completely excluded so let me continue playing did right. and then what they did is they made what I consider see what I call institutionalized racism they treat us like we are a bunch of monkeys well that's how they look at us that's right looking for a banana so here's what they say Hey, Byron, drop the case. Right, that's what they're trying to make you do. Drop the case. Drop the case, and we might meet with you. We might work with you. Well, well that's, a ra- that's a racist offer. That's a, that's a, I think you're nothing more than a monkey, and here's a banana. Now, I'm playing you know, a white devil's advocate here, right? Yeah, okay. okay. I mean, shouldn't you want to kind of drop the case if it's going to set us back? Well, no, a whole I, generation back when it comes no, to civil rights? No, no, because I didn't. you br- not fight? I, I, first of all, we won. In the, in the Ninth Circuit twice. We won twice. And I didn't bring it to the Supreme Court. They brought it to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't come to us in a racist way, and you don't look at us like a bunch of monkeys looking for a banana, then you do it the same way you do it with all white people. You just pay them. No, you settle it up. You settle the mm-hmm. case, and then it's dropped. 
Right. And so they didn't come settle to me. There's no offer of a settlement. Yeah, pay it. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever it is, you settle it up. You, but see, they never met with me. Yeah, yeah. And see, I asked them to meet with me, but why they won't you? They want you to drop it and then meet with, and then maybe meet That's with That's right, you. which is something you would never ask a white person to do. Mm-hmm. Never in a million years. So, so you, never ask, you never ask anybody white to do that. So here, when we asked them to sit with us, they said, no, we're not going to sit with you. As a matter of fact, my government relations person went to the government relations person of charter and she said, and he said, you should sit with Byron to resolve this. And she said to him, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Wow. Okay. That's what she. You hear that? Your, your precious Becky, you Negroes. He, she said, we do not negotiate with monkeys. No, no. That's how they feel about you, Negroes. You feel me? You sleep on caucus like women. This Becky, she ain't playing, man. She's just saying, yo, they gangster just like or Eurocentric male counterpart. They don't fuck around with y'all, Negroes. They don't fuck around. She'll tell you what it is. You know what I'm saying? She'll, she'll, she'll gladly want to dig for you, but anything else, nah. You know what I'm saying? They don't negotiate with terrorists. You hear that? Let's go see. He said, and he said, you know what? I have a number of white clients who are much tougher than Byron, and you've never called them a terrorist. And I said, there's the difference. Because you should have said domestic terrorists. Right, because they look at us as you're not equal. You don't right. sue me. How dare so, you try to get something that you deserve? All right, and how dare you sue me and use peaceful tactics? See, the offer is racist. Mm-hmm. Like you drop it, and then I might sit with you, and we might work something out. So that's why you have to be really clear mm-hmm. that stop the institutionalized racism. Sit down, Comcast. Mm-hmm. Sit down, Charter. Don't jeopardize the civil rights of over 100 million people. Uh, these are folks that, you know, they're doing the wrong thing. And, you know, uh, Senator Kamala Harris, she was phenomenal. She wrote an amicus brief in our favor, mm-hmm. and she got Senator Cory Booker to sign it, uh, Senator Blumenthal, Senator Wyden, and eight members of the Congressional Black Caucus. Eight. Unfortunately, only eight out of 55. Now, I believe we as black Americans, we have to ask the other 47 congressional leaders, why didn't you sign this amicus brief? If you want our money, you want our vote, why aren't you signing something to protect our civil rights? How has the feedback been from existing civil rights organizations? Like, what are they saying to you? You know, uh, you know Michael Lawson is amazing. He wrote a phenomenal letter uh, saying to folks, Hey, you know, he said he sent a letter to uh, Brian Roberts and David Cohen of Comcast and said, this is wrong and you should sit down and we can't don't challenge our civil rights. Mm -hmm. And a lot of folks are very upset. I mean, they have uh, they've taken it to a level. It's bigger than me. It has very little to do with me at this point because they're challenging our civil rights. Here's what will happen now. Here's what will happen. You take away this civil rights. Now someone can fire you. Mm And you can't get a lawyer. That's the reason why the the Chamber of Commerce gave them an amicus brief, because they didn't want their businesses to be sued. So now somebody can now you can't get a lawyer to take your case on contingency, because it's hard to prove that 100 percent of the reason you were discriminated against. Damn near impossible. Damn near impossible. So they don't want that law there to be used. So I say the moment people can discriminate against you. And you can't hold them accountable. I say three words. Welcome to hell. Wow. Welcome Mm -hmm. to hell. And it's you have to ask, why are you doing this, Comcast? Why are you standing in the United States Supreme Court physically with Donald Trump's DOJ 
trying to eviscerate this civil rights statute. Have respect. Sit down with me, and let's work it out. And this goes away. Is it true that Con? Before I continue, and the call number for tonight's show seven one two seven seven zero four one six zero. The access code nine one five four one pound. I repeat seven one two seven seven zero four one six zero. The access code nine one five four one one pound. Tonight's subject: Chaos Rain presents the four D's of economic. Exclusion. Only eight out of the civil rights people come in this aid that Byron is saying from his mouth. So it seems to me the other 46 of these so-called token, no good, boot-licking, Negroes, which they are, they don't see the importance of this or the danger of the matter. The notes say if they decide that this puts in effect and they remove that, all you coons for the past year that's already being kicked out and being taken out slowly but surely in these major political office, it's going to be a wrap for y'all. And it's going to be so a wrap. Once 2020 hit, if this takes effect, you're going to see a lot of so-called promising Negroes that's in high positions lose their position, lose that little income they get from the establishment because they'll say, they'll give you a nice pink slip, say, Thank you. We will not require your service. A nice kiss of death. And send your black ass on your merry way. But like I said, a lot of these niggas don't got foresight. Oh, no, they got no foresight at all. They are thinking like slaves. They think that everything is good, and by serving your oppressor, you are safe. No. That's where the danger really arise. When they're done with you, they are done with you. And when you're done, they discard you and throw you in the garbage or they wipe like the piece of shit you are and wipe their booty and throw you, your essence in the trash or in the toilet like everything else. But like I said, niggas going to learn the hard way. Let's continue. Has executive told someone that your company they're not trying to create any more Bob Johnsons? That is what someone told us. Absolutely. Wow. That is, and look, well, think about it. Who has created wealth in this country that didn't come from entertainment for the most part? It's very hard. You have a, you know, on a, you can count on one hand, on one hand. You mean black people or just black in general? People. Okay, oh. yeah, 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 black, black people. people. Yeah, you know, outside right. of sports and entertainment and your own talent, you know, that's 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 We're a, not in the pharmaceuticals and the right. tech and there it is, there it is, and that's why this lawsuit is important because you need to protect this. Because what historians believe, this was our reciprocity. This is your pathway. You have to protect this law. You know, I want to set this up for you in a nice button because I know people will take this, right? And I know you got to go. Yeah, no, I, I'm good. I got plenty of time. I'm here to hang out with you. I've been looking forward to this. Meeting. I don't, don't have a meeting. I'm good. No, said, I'm good. I make my own rules. <laughs> I make my own rules. <laughs> I make my own rules. I do what I got to do. Yeah, I, do I like hanging out with you. You kidding me? I want to come hang out with you a lot more. I love well, this. But why is this such a special case? And, and in your opinion, why should we be so informed about it? It's a very special case because it's a it's the original Civil Rights Act. In America, it's about protecting our economic inclusion. If we don't have economic inclusion, then you're done. If you are poor and black and don't have an education in America, uh, they will treat a stray dog better than you. As a matter of fact, there are more uh, animal shelters than there are homeless shelters. And so you can't 
live like this. You have to have access to a proper education. Mm-hmm. You have to have access to economics that can really get you to be a part of the American financial fiber. And so this law was designed to give us a pathway to that. This is now being taken away. This is one of the first time the acting solicitor general, the attorney general, is standing in the United States Supreme Court to roll back our civil rights Mm -hmm. to a point where we can't use them. So what can we do? How can we see that? And I don't know if I said this earlier to y'all. Y'all know y'all hear the story about black wealth will be ex- will be zero by ni- by 2053. If I could take my nice little calculator and do a quick math, let me do that now since I'm talking to y'all. We're in let's say 2053. We have, from what is calculated, 34 years before they said this is the prediction of black wealth in America will be zero. If they succeed in doing this, and mind you, that was just a projection. That is not really a fact. Keep that in mind. If they make this a reality where they remove that civil rights bill. You don't have to worry about the next 34 years that you're having the wealth. You're going to have it within at least a decade or less. Not even 20 years. So, the importance, even playing this for you to know the importance and the severity of what the danger and what is potentially to come. And mind you, Byron Allen did not pose, did anything really drastic for them to make a move to really remove 80 U.S. people, the center of slaves in this country, their civil rights. No, into that. They they presented this because really, truly, because of this fallen empire, they were going to do this anyway. The only thing you have at the end of the day is to fight. Or support the man that's fighting to protect, I think, 50 million black people out of half is the center of slaves, their rights to still be exclusive in the American social order. I'm going to continue playing this. After the end of this, I'm going to open the lines. Yeah, you can. What kind of ruckus can we make? You know what? It's a great question. It's, first, having me here is fantastic, right. and thank you. Know what you're up against. This is one of those. They get you in the courtroom, and mm-hmm. you don't even know about it. And you can't normalize things like this. You can't. That's right. You because can't. we've been so normalized with things that have been going on with Donald Trump. That's right. That it's like, okay, what else did we expect? That's right. You've got to protect your civil rights. Protect your civil rights. That's what I want us to do. Mm-hmm. Protect them. Go to your representatives. Ask all 47 of them. Go to the GRIO. If you go to the GRIO, we will post who signed it. Right. Then you'll see who didn't. Go to the 47 members of the Congressional Black Caucus and ask them, why didn't you sign this? And what are you going to do to say to Comcast and Charter, how dare you challenge our civil rights? In the words of Muhammad Ali, if you even dream about whipping my ass, you better wake up and apologize. Mm -hmm. That's what time of day it is. So if you You, don't drop this case, uh, our civil rights... If we, if I, we, well, I'm not going to drop the case. We're going to go into the Supreme Court on November 13th. 
We're going to go in front of the nine justices. We're going to take the position that we prevailed with in the Ninth Circuit twice. Mm -hmm. And Comcast, this is one of those, if you win, you lose. If you lose, you lose. That's what I mean. So what are the ramifications if you do drop the case? If you do drop the case, what are the ramifications to the black community? How did that affect it? If you do drop the case. If we do drop the case, then, well, which we won't, then at the end of the day, they'll say, well, then the Civil Rights Act is not at stake anymore. But they're the ones who brought it. Gotcha. And what they've done is they've upset a lot of folks in D.C. And I've said to David Cohen and, and Brian Roberts and, you know, through back, you know, through back channels, this is not good. You've upset a lot of folks. And that, that wasn't the intent. Now you got folks in D.C. who are now talking about quietly working and aggressively working to break up Comcast because they don't believe Comcast should be the largest cable operator, own TV stations, and own the largest portfolio of cable networks. Mm. That's not my agenda. I don't necessarily want to see Comcast broken up. I don't want to see their business hindered in any way. I just want them to just have the respect to sit down mm -hmm. with me so we can work things out, so we're, nothing's being jeopardized. But they've... Nah, fuck that shit. Comcast gonna go to fucking hell. And any person that got Comcast subscription... Yeah, listen, listen good. Y'all gonna have to research who, who, who really y'all spend your money with right now. So French on the civil rights said, your answer's fought to keep you so that well, you're not exclusive economic, so you don't starve death. That is a major issue. Every black person that even subscribed to Comcast and got wind of this information, which Lime don't because the problem with information like this is not being circulated. And because he was on the Breakfast Club, I guarantee you, people that watch it, especially black people watch it, they're going to circulate this information much more better. Matter of fact, they're going to probably take some action right now. I'm not sure about the other minors that this fans all stuff. They might take action, too, because they know this is going to fuck them up, too. But the point is this. People need to start research and have to really make a conscious decision. Every time you spend your money to any of these corporations, any person that is trying to fringe on their capital gain, where they can sit, keep constantly getting that money off you and infringe on your rights, is very dangerous. So... I don't agree with Brian Arnold today. They should say, no, they should, they should be all make out of business. Completely. But, like I said, you know, you know how Negroes act. They like to still be nice and friendly with some people that have their ill intentions to destroy your ass. Upset a lot of folks. The NAACP has weighed in aggressively. And there are a lot of other folks, Color Change, ADOS. A lot of people are weighing in, and they're really now they're going to hold their representatives accountable and a lot of po politicians accountable. And I think, you know, Comcast is living in a bubble. And I get it. You know, David Cohen gets paid over $14 million a year and has a budget over $125 million to make sure that he donates money to black civil rights organizations and politicians to make sure that there are not any issues. But he's gone a bridge too far because people are truly upset because what's at stake are our civil rights that could literally take us back to 1865. I didn't take this to the Supreme Court. They're the ones who need to drop it. And we're the ones that are in the right. How much have you spent fighting this? Millions. I don't even keep track. 
Yeah, we I really know. I mean, I, I, I don't li- all I, for me. This is about and who else is helping you besides yourself? Is there anybody saying no, hey? No, I, 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 all on your own? I've done this. I've I've spent millions. And, and at the end of the day, this was something I remember talking to Coretta Scott King about. Mm-hmm. This is the fourth and final chapter. We're going to have economic inclusion. And by the way, this is not an ask. This is a take. And we're not asking. We're taking because it's rightfully ours. We have a seat at the table. No one ever invites you to have mm-hmm. that. No one's going to hand that to you. Mm-hmm. We, this is ours. And you have to understand your value, your worth. We deserve better. We've built this with you. you good luck being the wealthiest country in the world without our free labor and That's hundreds right. of years of slavery. Good luck. We know who we are. We're kings and queens. Royalty runs through our blood. We're from Africa, the oldest continent. Mm-hmm. Okay? We know who we are. We know our value. I know that you've worked overtime to make me feel or make us feel like we have less value, but we know what we bring to the table. And we certainly bring to the table where you need to have the respect to sit down with us. When you haven't even sat down with us, David Cohen and Brian Roberts, and that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the reason why you're the number one cable operator in America is because black entrepreneurs didn't have the money. A lot of black entrepreneurs were awarded the cable system in the black communities. But black entrepreneurs didn't have access to the capital Mm -hmm. to physically lay the cable down to the home. So the reason why you're the number one cable operator in America and you have all the black cities and all the black neighborhoods is because the black entrepreneur didn't have access to capital. And we still don't. And we still don't. And so if you're going to take all this money out of our community with African-American cable subscribers, then just have the respect to sit down and let's work this out and not jeopardize the civil rights of over 100 million Americans living today, minorities today in America, and over a billion in the future. How do we change that, though? You know, you talk about, you know, finances. We can't get money. They're not lending us money. That's right. And the banks that we do have can't give us necessarily the amount that we need. That's right. Most of the time. So That's it's, right. It's, it's, you have to have home ownership. Mm-hmm. You have to have home ownership. Because you need that home ownership, so when, especially when you have a child that's born. Mm-hmm. So when that child is 18, you can refinance that house and send that, college, that kid to college. There is no President Barack Hussein Obama without Harvard in his biography. Correct. You've got to send these kids to school. Colleges. That's what I was going to ask you earlier about higher education, because we've been having a lot of debates up here where people feel like it's not necessarily what we need to do. People are going into debt and spending a lot of money on an education and then coming out of school and not even knowing what they want to we, do. We have to, fin- we have to finance our kids. We have to make sure they get in school and they stay in school. And we have to check the percentages. You, if, you, if you see that the top 100 universities in America have less than half a percent of black kids in their population, we won't end the economic genocide. You can just look at the population of the top 100 universities in America. And if you're half a percent, then you're not going to get recruited by the biggest corporations. You know, and the biggest Wall Street right. firms, you've got to get into these colleges. And we have to fund our kids in these colleges. And we have to make sure our kids have seats in these colleges. And what about HBCUs you, you mentioned? Absolutely. You've got to fund them all. And you've got to make sure they're properly funded. You know, the real reason why I went after uh, Comcast and Charter, it didn't, even have, it didn't have anything to do with my cable networks. It didn't. What happened was uh, a gentleman wanted to do the Black College Sports Network. Mm-hmm. in partnership with the HBCUs. Mm-hmm. And Comcast did not accept it. And that would have made a lot of money 
for these black colleges. Absolutely. And it would have educated the Black College Sports Network. This is what he wanted to do. That would have educated a lot of black kids. And when they didn't do that, that's when I came off the bench and said, okay, I'm going to light you up like a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was the real reason why I got into it was when I saw what happened with the Black College Sports Network, which I don't own. I just knew. Why did you buy it? I just knew. I may. I just knew that these black. <laughs> I like that talk. All right. I knew that these black colleges were going to benefit, and these black kids were going to get the education mm-hmm. that they deserved and not have to pay. And that's what I said. And I remember I said to Tom Rutledge at Charter. Tom Rutledge said, "Well, you, you know, you sued me and blah 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 because I was trying to get my merger done." I said, "Tom, if you really want to know the truth, why I sued you, is when I saw you in the newspaper with Al Sharpton." And you had taken a photo with Al. And you said, and this is no disrespect to Al. You said, we have an MOU, a memorandum of understanding with black people. And I said, Al, who is the white guy who speaks for all black people? And why do you think there's a black guy that speaks for all black people? And why do you think he speaks for me? And so, if that white guy doesn't exist... For you, then that black guy doesn't exist for me. Mm-hmm. And the very idea that you can go to a black person to speak for all black right. people is a racist idea. And that is a racist document. This is the head native speaking for all the other natives. That's wrong. That's wrong. Has Al Sharpton been helping him to, 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 to block you a little bit? No, I wouldn't say he's been helping the block, but I think what they do is they go to people like the Urban League and the NAACP and folks like that, and they make donations. Mm-hmm. And because they make donations, maybe they don't speak up quite the way they should, in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the Urban League should have spoken out against net neutrality, uh, which they did. It, you know, you know, President Obama fought to get net neutrality, and if we didn't have net neutrality, you wouldn't have gotten the video out of Ferguson because they would have they would have yeah. throttled the internet and they would have made it tough for you to watch right, that video right. coming out of Ferguson. Wow. You need black America needs net neutrality like black America needs food, water and oxygen. And you have to ask your civil rights organizations. Ask them. Ask all of them. Did you speak out against net neutrality? Did you work with Comcast to try and stop net neutrality? And if they did, that tells you everything you need to know. Because black people, we need to stop looking to others to save us and speak for us. You need to save yourself and speak for yourself. Well, with that said, shouldn't a guy like you who has billions of dollars, you should be giving to these black organizations like the NAACP and Urban League. So basically, you got them in your pocket instead of them being in the white man's pocket. Yeah, I like the way you think. Uh, look, the Urban League uh, gave me the Whitney M. Young Jr. Award April 18th, my dad's birthday of uh, this year. And I gave them a quarter of a million dollars. And I told them, I will give you more, but we have to work together. Mm -hmm. I know Comcast gives the Urban League a million bucks a year, and I know it's tough for them to wean themselves off of that crack. And I said, guys, I'm here to help. Uh, Myself, I'm happy to help replace that money, if not all of it. But sit with me and make sure you're doing the right thing. Mm. And there's plenty of folks. Black people, we're not poor. We have a lot of wealth in our community, and we're happy to lean in. And we're happy to finance our politicians so they can do the right thing, so they can speak up and speak out and protect our interests and make sure that we do get access to capital. Make sure the banks are lending us money. Make sure we are a part of that 
pension fund, run one trillion dollar pension fund, and making sure that our schools are strong and they are making sure that our kids are properly educated and making sure that we do have a seat at the table at these major universities. I know we keep saying Harvard on education, and I agree, but education is not going to stop racism. No. Because you're going through a racist situation right now. No, but it's an, it helps to equalize it. I don't know, you, I don't know if I agree you can't, you, When people are educated and they have money, it's tough to discriminate against them. I think when a cop, <laughs> I think when a cop <laughs> sees a black they person, still do it. they still do it. it. it does still not treat you like a nigga regardless of what your financial absolutely. status is, your education. Absolutely. Is. But you do have stronger, you have more resources and yeah. you have greater res- you have greater uh, resources to uh, to hold them accountable. Yeah. Okay. That's you true. have your whole yeah, entire network you, from the alumni and everybody from that school that you went to that you can tap into. And what happens is a lot of people don't mess with people who can afford the best lawyers. That's, 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 yeah, that's, that's true. All that's that's true. true. Right there. When you that's got money, when you have money and you can hire the best lawyers, people treat you with respect. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you want to have that education and you want to have resources and it starts to level the playing field. And that's important. And what I say is, look, I have mad respect for a lot of people in our community. And I know most people in our community want the best for us. And I want to make sure we position ourselves for long-term success. And we do it now. And we have to be really vigilant about it. And, you know, listen, I think, look, the gay community also is being challenged the day before on November 12th in, in the Supreme Court. And they're brilliant. They're out there on the streets and they're protesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying get out there and protest and certainly but make it be known that you're that you're aware of this and you're not happy about it. Hey Comcast, David Cohen, Brian Roberts, hey, you know, Tom Rutledge at Charter, don't challenge our civil rights. That's not right. Let's sit down and let's figure it out. You know, you have a voice. You have a lot of power. Also, you need to really talk to your representatives. Mm-hmm. When you have, you know, 12 members of Congress that have leaned in and you have 47 sitting on the bench, you have to say and why should we vote for you? And why should we give you money? You need to protect our civil rights. Now, besides all that, you know, with, oh, we, we got with people. I just want one last, yeah. one last question. With people that, that look like you and that came from similar situations as you, you know, yes. how, how are you helping those individuals? Because a lot of times, you know, we see, we want, we support. But a lot of times, nobody necessarily is reaching a hand back to the areas that we came from and say, you know what, let me help you so I can give you a, a jump start, something that I didn't have. I love it. But you have the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. That's a great question. And I do plenty of that. I do plenty of that. I mean, just sitting here and just speaking with the community and making sure, please understand, your civil rights are at stake. Mm -hmm. Your civil rights, right? A lot of folks wouldn't take the time. They just do what they do. There are plenty of folks out there that say, I'm rich. I got mine. Get yours. Mm -hmm. I'm not that person. Clearly. It's it's easy Mm -hmm. not to sit here. It's easy. I can go sit on a yacht in the south of France right now. Okay? And I know plenty of folks who are doing that. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting here saying we deserve better, we can be better, and we can do better, and here's how we come together. That's why I'm sitting here. And you've been relatively quiet all of these years, so for you to be being vocal about this right now. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm talking, you know, I'm taking what, what Coretta Scott King taught me, and I'm saying... Hey, folks, we got to deal with the fourth and final chapter. It's the reason I bought the griot. So it's 100% African-American owned. When you think about the Weather Channel being owned by an African-American, that is historic. Right. You basically have four news organizations in America. I feel like C- we celebrated that up here when it happened. Y'all, thank you. Yeah. You know, CNN owned by AT&T, MSNBC owned by Comcast, and Fox News owned by News Corp. And the Weather Channel owned by me. 
-hmm. That in itself is, you know, exceptional for us as a community. Buying freestyle so we can go direct to the movie theaters. That's a first. The griot so we can have a voice that's just, it can't be edited. Mm -hmm. It is about making sure that we have the, the, the truth, the absolute truth. And it's overarching. It's real simple. We just want to make sure all Americans have fair access, equal opportunity. All Americans, especially African Americans, the furthest left behind. And making sure that we work together with our gay brothers and sisters and our Hispanic brothers and sisters and Asian brothers and sisters, everybody, to make sure that if they're under siege, that they know we have their back. Because today it's them, tomorrow it's us. All right. Well, we, yeah, we got, you, we got another great black creator coming in, Will Packer. Um, my final question, this is it. If what the Internet says is true. Yes, sir. And Bill Cosby got ruined for trying to buy NBC. Yes. Are you afraid what they may try to do to you? No, nah, man. Like I said, you know, you have to burn your knee pads. You can't live in fear because fear is another form of slavery. And I've, I left the plantation long ago. Word. And I'm not going back to the plantation. And, you know, I rather I made the decision long ago. I'd rather die on my feet than my knees mm. and don't live in fear. God's got me. God loves me. God put me here to do great things. And I will not let God down. Right. And when I have and when God when I finally go to heaven and God says to me, why did you help feed my hungry people? Why did you help educate my people that were not getting the education? Why did you help heal my sick children? Because I'm going to be real simple. God, you're my father, and I want you to be proud of me. And as long as I know you're in my life, no one can hurt me. And I am unstoppable. All right. Byron, motherfucker. All right. And that was nice a little bit. You know, I played along than usual, but, you know, to get the point across. Um, one few things to say, and I will open the lines. Yeah, education will help, but if people know, I did stream on this almost two years ago, I believe. And now if we look at the debt in regards to education, the most of that, I think it's over 40 million Americans are still on debt. Out of percent of the African population, I think more than half are black women on it. And... It's nice that, you know, our people are in the schools, but they're accumulating debt just to get this so-called paper education in certain fields that are either obsolete or they can't get employment. So there are many scenarios to correct this um, for black people to get ahead. Um, I know most people don't push the entrepreneurial, the gospel of prosperity from these the black business going on stuff. It can help a little bit, but my... My solution to most people, and this is just me, and everybody else could probably give a proper response as open lines, that you got to do everything possible to get by in this country, you know. If you're going to go the education route, if your parents did not set a pavement or any money size that way you don't put yourself in debt, you might have to work those jobs. Hell, you might have to hustle and write those pepper papers to get those grants and scholarships. Do anything possible to cut that type of budget so that way you don't come at the end with the hole in the bag with all that debt. And if you're going to join and get any so-called degree, you might as well look into the technology field, specifically STEM, engineering, 
maybe some computer science. Or you could go to other programs like get a certificate in IT. Um, if you go and take those regular degrees, like you know, no, I would just say this, you know, and I always gonna keep pushing this. I don't care how, who likes it. If you're not doing any of the three, above being a doctor, lawyer, or engineer, and STEM, which I now include is the fourth, then you waste time going for university. And not only that, you know, you can also deal with the community college to cut cut down instead of paying full tuition if you got if you have to go to a four university. Always be smart, if you, especially if you're not getting a free pass to college. You know? Um, other than that, um, that's one way and you know, it's gonna be a, a point where majority of our our students or kids that's already adults, they might have to start lean into the entrepreneur route. And that's going to probably be the final stage moving forward in this technical slash digital age we're in now because, you know, these jobs might not be hiring, and they really slashing a whole bunch of jobs, the ones that people could simply do to get their little check. They're cutting that and have everything, I would say, over 80% automated. So be on the lookout. Always look at the projection of what is ahead and just try to get ahead of the curve. So we, we play too much catch up on here as black people and that has to stop. That will not that will not suffice you moving forward in the twenty first century. So I'd like to thank the interview that Byron Anna did. It was very informative. And now as I open the lines to hear your thoughts and opinions or anything that you want to bring to the table to what you heard. The call number for tonight's show is seven one two seven seven zero four one six zero. Access code nine one five four one one pound. Tonight's subject: Chaos Rain presents the four D's of economic inclusion. As I open, hold on. As I open the first line, call our open line. Who's this? Caller. Okay. Oh shit! What's up, Gary? All right. Let me What's open up, one more man? line. Yeah. Let me open another line. The next line to open up. Who is this? Hello? Caller? Okay. Is you, yo, is that me? Oh. Okay. All right. Sit back. Let All me right. open one more line. Okay. The next line to open up. Who is this? Sarge here. Okay, good. Hold on a second. Let me, um, I think I need Gary. Oh, I'm sorry. You mute yourself? I'm sorry. Me... No, I'm you sure. muted me. No, it, it does that constantly. Oh. Let's go open the lines, guys. All right, brother. All right. So, I, I, man, that was a good, that was a good, um, audio clip. Yeah. Byron Aaron, uh, Byron I'm, I'm, Allen. I'm, 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 J, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Open up the lines. Yeah. All right. One more line. I'm open up. Caller, open line. Who's this? Hello? Caller? Open line. Yeah, Gary. All right. So the first person I open up. Um. So what's your thoughts and opinion? Um, Big OC? Big OC, yes. Uh, yes, Oh, oh shit! You know, you know what, what, what I think about is, 
after hearing all that James Allen has to say, right? Because <clears throat> we all we all deal with white people on on whatever level that we own, right? I don't know how many of us are I don't know how many of us on this line are dealing with white folks that are worth billions of dollars. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So, but what we're finding is that the 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 same um, mentality exists amongst the uh, amongst the uh, uh, individuals at that level that exists amongst the ones in the middle class level, amongst yeah. the ones on the lower class levels. It, it's all the same, right? And yeah. what what I notice in Byron Allen is his solutions, even though he's got however many billions. His solutions ain't ain't no different than the solutions of the motherfuckers that are in the hoods talking about how to get out of the hood and, and what's keeping them down. So for, mm-hmm. for many years for, for many years we've had the conversation about don't blame the white man, don't blame the white man, right? Now yeah, we have a correct. billionaire. We have a billionaire that, that, that that's around other billionaire white folks telling you that it's the white man. So now, now, do do we sit back and say this nigga's lying? Do 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 we say he's playing the victim? What 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 narrative is the opposition going to come with now that they've heard this billionaire who they, they can't say he, he's successful clearly, but mm-hmm. he clearly could have been more successful had it not been for particular forces. Clearly, right? Yes, and, and and so saying all that at his level, I wonder if him choosing to have a white wife mm-hmm. plays plays into the experiences that he's had, the doors that he's walked through, and the black folks that he didn't see, or the mm-hmm. ones that he may have seen and the color of their spouses. Because like like I've always tended to believe, once you get up to having that kind of bread and you're in the public eye and you're dealing with other motherfuckers that are 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 uh um have way more money than you and in your same industry that are white, I believe still there's places they may go that don't allow niggas, right? Mm-hmm. And and with that being said at least having the white woman to get through the door for you sometimes mm-hmm. or show up with her first kind of softens the blow or, or softens you up for white mm-hmm. America. Because I, I could imagine if he had a, a, a black wife and, 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 and those two going through this, the, the things that would be happening, you know, I, I think it would be a little bit different as far as how he's received amongst the um the white community right so okay. that's that's that that's just what I want to ask you if you think that you know him him going through what he's gone through played played a role in in him choosing the the particular uh wife that he did you know to be honest with big o c um I already knew and heard that this guy had a white wife, and you know lately because he went on this breakfast club to not only explain the sue that he he's going through, but what is to come. So at the end of the day, you know, yes, it, we all expect that, you know, most black men that have really success, they should be marrying within our own people and to so keep the money in a certain way. 
knowing that you know fiat currency we use today is not our money. You know, it's really made by white people, but that's another story. But I look at the more of the end goal and to what he's doing now. Say you know, a lot of people should be aware and seriously take this seriously and, and be behind us because what they try to do. And mind you, he didn't. They didn't. He didn't bring this to attention. They want to do this. So really, they had attention to really roll back the ends of time with all these bills that passed and put black people back into that, you know, you know, good old days, like really good old days. You know what I'm saying? Systematically in the workforce and all that. So that I look at more of the end game than, you know, this thing right now with his white white because this is really bigger now, you know, and regardless of what we you choose, we we could deal with that later after, you know, this is past. Mm. That's, 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 that's eye-opening, Gary. That's eye-opening coming from no, you. No, no, so. and, and the reason I'm saying, and mind you, you know, you know what big O.C., I, I, I'm all day, every day, I rise to your people and position and everything black, everything black and black. But what was going to, was to come, this ain't no shit to fuck around with, my dick. You know what I'm saying? Everything that okay, black people fought, just to get into certain positions and the, and the contracts, that could be expunged quickly after in the next two weeks and they decide to go um, to remove that. Going on to 2020, you're going to see a lot of people potentially start lose jobs fast as black. You know what I'm saying? Okay, one more, one more question. And like saying that, you know, mm-hmm. when, when, when you heard about Tyler Perry Studios and stuff, right? Yeah, I've been hearing about that, but I'm listening. You know, you do you think that's a big thing for the uh for the industry and for the black community? You know, um I gotta see what, what he'll do, what he's gonna produce now that he has a studio. It's mm-hmm. a little early right now. But right now I'm really focused on this one right here. Cause once this gets by us, then you know, everything else, you know, I have my own opinion and I'll look into other things. But right now this is more of the focus right now. You know. Right. I, I'm just saying, if he does yeah. the things that you like, are you gonna give him a pass? If, if he's, if mean, he's uh, is homosexual, yeah. Well, are you gonna give him like a I pass said, too? I, I don't. I don't. You know me, Big O. I don't support homosexuality. So if he's gonna <laughs> produce things like that, obviously I'm not gonna support that. I'm never gonna support that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not but, gonna promote uh, that, right, Gary? You're not gonna what? promote that. I fucking know, man. You crazy. <laughs> um, but all right. Who else want to speak? Um, one thing. I have two new callers, so let me. Open yeah, get them open. Get them there. Get them. All right. Who's this? Big J. All right, good. Sit back. Back. Um, who's this? Open your line. Yeah, go Ravens. What's up, man? Did the Ravens win? Okay. Man, yeah, Lamar Jackson man? killed the shit out. Yeah, 36 to... Oh, man, I'm going to get that bread tomorrow. I ain't even want to watch the game with Jinx myself. Lamar, I'm going to get Lamar that bread Jackson. tomorrow. Lamar right, two. I got it. I got it. I, 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 I know. Let's, let's Lamar 2 for 1, Ram for 2. Uh, yeah, all facts. All right, cool, cool. cool. I want to stay focused here because it's very important. All right, who else is... Black quarterbacks taking over. That's another topic. Black quarterbacks taking over. Straight like that. Future of the NFL. Okay, that's good, all facts. All right, all right, all right. Um, who else will speak after Big O.C.? No, man, what's your topic, bro? Gary. No, you sit back. You ready, back. Gary? Uh, you, you'll know in a little bit. Um, what, what? You ready, Gary? Yeah, ready. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. 
So um, he gave a lot of good information that, you know, was, was open and, you know, eyes. Something that was already there, I always had, you know, when I say, when we have these conversations, I mm-hmm. say that, you know, there, there's ways around certain shit, but the way they're going to stop you is really through that money, right? There's the, mm-hmm. the you know, you, you they'll let you be rich, you know, and it's sad that we even got to say they'll let you, right? Who the fuck is dumb to try to let you do anything? You're supposed to do it anyway. But the way the barriers and, and the obstacles are set up, right, where the, the control and, and, and the institutions is really, because we could go and bogart our way and push our way through, but that's not the way we're going to win is to a certain extent, right? Some of that, yes, you know, is a combination that some might argue and whatnot. But I'm just saying that, you know, uh, 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 the way the structure is already set up is like what you, what he said. You know, when, when you get to a certain uh, 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 you know, uh, you know, road. You know, when you are the, the surpassed everything, and you're there, there's that one barrier that you can't get through. They'll let you get rich, almost as rich, but not rich as them or past them. Um, wh- whoever that is in those industries. So whether it be entertainment, uh, whether it be uh, food and beverage. You know, all the things, the industries that have been here for the years and they've uh, bogarted or, or, or uh, stole their way into the industry or created it and made it the, in a way of, of, of bias and, you know, racism uh, and not letting people get or, or, or their fair share. The, the work that the people have contributed uh, to those industries and not getting paid uh, uh, enough all the way to the person that, you know, has the talent and, uh, uh, you know, the means and, and, and the base to be able to generate that money, but they put a barrier to them because they don't want that person to get successful. Uh. I mean, I, I've seen this. Yeah, so he just opened up the the. the he just widened up my eyes uh-huh. even more than what it was because I knew it was like that. And I said, I know that brother had a, a, a long obstacles and, and had to run around. And and I'm not saying run around, dancing around or shit like that. I'm saying that he had to jump around obstacles and find, you know, climb over gates to get to where he needed to get. And one key thing, he did what a lot of these white motherfuckers do. He did OPM, other people's money. We got to also understand that it's not bad to take if some if you're gonna not have to spend your money and it works better for you, you have to calculate and see it makes enough sense for you to utilize somebody else's money. Yes, you're gonna make them rich, but are you gonna be in a better position to get yourself independently where you can separate yourself and do your own thing? And that's something that, you know, sometimes you got to uh, wrestle with, where your money's coming from, if you're going to take it, utilize it for a bigger picture. A lot of these artists in the music industry particularly do that when they get a big uh, record deal. They are getting loans and they're getting people to front them the money so they can go and flip that money by, you know, the product. Okay, so they invest the money, now they put the product out, they sell it, advertise it, and then the return they split. Now, how you do those contracts, you got to know what you're doing, have good people around you, uh, people that are smart and uh, are going to work for your best interest. I'll leave it there. Good information, Byron Allen, whether he's married to a white woman or not. Uh, you know, I, we, could, we could argue about that as well. 
you know, I, yeah. I would say, oh, see, you're right about that. That that's an eye opener as well. It's like, um, did he, uh, because of having this white woman, did he uh, 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 pass a lot of doors? Uh, did they open a lot of doors that would have not been open if he was with a black woman? Right. Good point. Yeah. I'll leave it there. And thank you, thank you, Jim. I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else? You guys talking about uh, Byron Allen? Right? No, I'm not. Sit your ass back. Yeah, yeah, you're not ready for me. You probably aren't. You guys were talking about Tyler Perry and um. No, 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 Byron Allen. Byron Allen, particularly. Hold on. Go ahead, hate man, Jay. Go ahead. Sorry, hate man, Jay. Hate man. Go ahead, All right, look here. Uh, this guy, Byron Allen. The minute he opened his yap and started talking about how great net neutrality was, he lost me right there. I know what he is right there as soon as I heard him. And y'all ought to be afraid of him, too, when he comes touting net neutrality. In 2015, a whole bunch of liberals led by George Soros, who gave $196 million to the effort, they saw regulating Internet service providers as a way to get themselves access to below-market-rate bandwidth for YouTube. So what they did was they got the uh, FCC, notice, a government bureaucracy under Obama, to unilaterally declare an executive order using a law that was designed during the Depression for telephones. And then they came up here with a scare campaign that had even bigger plans. Now, this guy named Robert McChesney. He's the founder of Free Press. Now, this is a group that was cited, get this, 46 times in the Obama executive order that created net neutrality. They cited them 46 times as a good reason why they need to have net neutrality. This is what this guy wrote, and I quote, At the moment, the battle over network neutrality is not to completely eliminate the telephone and cable companies. We are not at that point yet. But the ultimate goal is to get rid of the media capitalists in the phone and cable companies and invest them from control. And if that ain't subtle enough for you, he went on to say later in another interview, in the end, there is no real answer but to remove brick by brick the capitalist system itself, rebuilding the entire society on socialist principles. Now, look, folks, I know a lot of you guys out there like socialism and communism, but let me tell you something. If you let the government take over the Internet, they're going to decide who gets to speak. And I guarantee you, there'll be a lot of people in government who will think that TRS has too much hate speech, and they will try to either tax you to death you know what? He does got a no, point no, no, no. to a certain no, degree, no, though. Sure, he sure, does sure, got sure. a point to a certain sure, degree. Oh, oh, wait. Yeah. I'm sorry. Let me ask you a question before I open your line. So you're saying Byron Allen is advocating for net neutrality? That's what you're telling me? It. I mean, he said it with, up, uh, with no equivocation. We need net neutrality. So he said, said, it. He said <laughs> net neutrality is critical, oh, or we wouldn't know yeah. anything about purpose. What is That's what the man said. Didn't you hear him oh, say yeah, it? Yeah, break down that net neutrality. Now, when, That's what we got to do. What is net neutrality? Read my nigga. Right. Read my nigga. Last time I checked, and I was, do, y'all, do, y'all, do, y'all, do all y'all guys listen to the whole interview? Did he say that he advocate net neutrality? Byron? I don't remember hearing that, but but no, I want to hear more. I, I, I listened to this. Almost, this is my fourth time. This is the He didn't say that we should have net neutrality. 
Listen, real quick, real quick, uh, uh, Gary. I do agree one thing, and I, I disagree a lot with Sarge. I do uh, uh, agree that to a certain degree, government should not fully take over Internet. They're going to have to get involved because Facebook and, and Google and all these big companies are doing whatever they want, and they're getting over in a lot of ways. But fully control is a dangerous situation but they're going to have to take over because these guys are running wild and it's becoming just capitalistic now the internet is just about a cash cow and they're trying to get as much money as possible out of the people i know it's a business but now they're getting greedy it's become greed over you know uh, 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 well, what is net neutrality what is net neutrality sir well the net neutrality is the control shit remember it was supposed to be that they, they they inspired about um uh, companies being able to control, uh, 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 like uh, the providers the flow, controlling the speed of, of the information, the no, speed of, of your bandwidth. it's more about the price. It's more about the price. And, and, right, and, and, what's and, what's and also, what what do you see? So when you when you look something up, it's almost like the way Google controls uh, uh, what you look up. So advertisement and certain things is 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 controlled. Basically, the internet uh, uh, controls like the speed as well as what's being shown on the shit and your pricing. Yeah, the monopoly and shit. Okay. All right. Let me open back. Sorry, cut. Let me see if this is lying. Is that you, Sarge? I gotta, now I gotta find you up here because this board is gonna give me a hard time finding Sarge. All right, that's not you, Sarge. Um, let me see. see. I wish this was labeled properly. Is this you, Sarge? All right, I understand what I'm trying to say here. All right, all right, sorry. Because a lot of these people just didn't get what I was trying to say here. No, they did not understand it at all. Apparently, they only understood part of it. It's about the government getting. Con- Sarge, I'm not gonna let you run and talk throughout the whole fucking night. I ask you, did Byron Allen said through that whole interview, and I, I believe you listened to the whole interview, hopefully, did he say that he wanted net neutrality? That's my question. Yes or no? Against violence. Sorry, it's, to protect, it's for them to decide what... All right, that's it. You're, you're done for tonight. I'm not going to do this bullshit. <laughs> Who's next? I have the patience. All right, no, no. All right, Big J. Ah, uh, you know I'm next. She look at your ass. Why are you hating, guy? Oh, you, 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 you hating ass, man. Go, go ahead, back. Off back, off back. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you guys were talking about uh, Brian Allen. Yeah. Matter of uh, fact, well, did you even listen to the interview? Not on my show, but have you got a chance to listen to it? On the no, but. But he's he's doing right. He's doing well, what he has. It's it's hard for you to, to give a a, a rational um, conversation because I played throughout the whole hour or something of his interview. Be honest with all facts. I mean, you could say something, but it's it's not going to be involved in this discussion tonight. And what he said, and I'm not going to recap what he really said because that's too long. But I'll tell you this: the reason why he was on there is because the government is trying to roll back time with all the bills passed to protect black people, especially inclusion in certain um, institutions in regards to the contract. The actual civil rights bill of 1866, not the one in, I think, 1964-65, he's some of the one before that. They're trying to remove, remove that bill. 
You follow me? All facts? Right. Yeah. So that that's why he, he came out to really and said that most every American that the Senate says their rights is at stake. If they remove this, now they could discriminate impunity. Well, well, first of all, I don't think you can break these companies up because they own the lines. They own the lines. So uh, Verizon, AT&T, they own the lines, and they're still going to be making something. If you have Newport now, it's a small amount of internet service providers, and they control those IP addresses and uh, things of that nature. But if but if they decentralize it, you know, people are going to buy some IP addresses, and you'll be able to sell some IP addresses, and you got to build a whole network structure. Um. When I hear Sarge saying that they're trying to stop people's growth or take people down, um, mm-hmm. any website or any company can shut down your speech if they don't like it. You're using, mm-hmm. Google, you're using Google's property. That's private property. What do you mean you have free speech on Google? You oh, you mean like talking points? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Watch this. Watch this. Watch, watch. Republicans and everyone, everybody saying that Google is stunning people's free speech. No, they're not. That's a private company. You, you, have, you have the ability to get your own IP address, your own service, and say what the fuck you want. And no one can kick you off. The thing of it is, you got to get people to come and watch this site. Yeah, you got to Right. So, 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 what I'm saying is, when people say they're stopping your, that's not, it's lying. They're lying. And anyone said that that is a conspiracy, and all, all of the YouTube shows that you heard, any one philosophy said that Google is stopping their free speech by the Constitution, they're lying or they're sadly mistaken. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. No one is stopping you from saying what you want to say. On your own property, you can do what you want. You still have your freedoms. You don't have no free speech in, in Google's house. That's their service. They can kick you off. YouTube can kick you off. So um, that's basically what I'm saying. But, yeah, his wife has nothing to do with it. The only thing a mixed couple can do is talk about um, same couple relationships. That's it. Other than that, you can talk about black issues and, and try to um, advance um, um, the black affairs in this country. And, uh, you know... He can do that, you know. You know, I, I just, that, that, that's okay. the only thing I can say. But um, all right, guy, I'm yeah. done for a minute. I wait till the next album. All right. Well, but, I'm gonna ask this question now. Even the purpose of this stream, and I know most people that are labeled pro-black, they're not talking about besides our buyer out and his choice of who he fucks. No discussion. But the bigger picture, what is at stake for a lot of people that's born in America and ah. their rights and all stuff, that the thing I find is this is not even being discussed at all. I'm only a few persons that bring this up again. I know y'all guys covered this on another stream, but I actually devote a whole stream on this to say, you know, this is much bigger than what he's doing. This is something that it's going to affect children. That's going to be adults down the line in the next 10, 20 years to get some seat or plate of this American economy. You know? yeah, bringing his wife up is just gossip. Any, any man I mean, Yeah, it's gossip. And up his wife, that, but at this point, bringing up his wife at this point is per gossip. 
That man or woman. Gary, why you brought up his white wife? I remember his white wife. Because he brought his wife wife. Soap He said that he's married to a white woman, though. Soap operish. Soap operish. That's effeminate for a man, right? That's effeminate for a man to gossip like that. Come on, I Gary. I, I was not focused on his wife. I'm focused on the message he brings and what right. can possibly come if these motherfuckers get their way and they remove. Yeah, so is, it, is he... But I girl, mean, I did want to say something, though, Gary. I did want to say something. You know... I found out last night that they had um, black bells bondsmen or black um, mm-hmm. what 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 they call um, prior time black, uh, bounty hunters right. trying okay. to get Harriet Tubman, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking real back in the early days when I saw when I first learned about her. Of course, it was black and it, it was in black and white a film, and I remember. They're depicting a black guy trying to chase her as a bounty hunter. I say that to say this. That 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 right there shows that all blacks weren't the same back then. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think we're really shocked to think that it was a black people were sold together back then in different mm-hmm. in different thinking in the way things are. Because if you have a black bounty hunter chasing a woman who is freeing slaves. And that says a lot. That's a lot of brainwashing. That's a lot of brainwashing. Mm-hmm. And that's the coon. And that, see, the coons are the ones who started black people calling each other niggas. Mm-hmm. Black people who look like, you know, the certain features calling each other niggas. Coons you got to speak up, uh, facts. You sound too low. I can't barely hear my dude. I'm sorry. Coons started black people calling each other niggas. See, that bounty guy, you know, similar to him, house niggas, called them black people niggas because that master called them niggas. See what I'm saying? All right. All facts. All right. We, we're going to move on because I don't want to stay off. You got another call. I want to be serious t- t- tonight with this because... Oh, you, okay. You, All right, then. You, you, All right. I thought y'all were talking about anything else. All right, then. No, no. I, I don't want to because I want to stay... So, Gary, wait a minute, real quick. The wife, the wife. So, so not, not. I mean, let me get this right. So, he mm-hmm. is he is he claiming because this is what I'm hearing that he is he's 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 taking them to court, and if he drops the charges, then they will leave it alone. Well, right they, now, from what the breakfast court asking and saying, right. if he drops it, they might not infringe on the rights of 100 million people in this country. That's minorities, quote unquote minorities. If he drops it. But remember, from the interview from his mouth, he said he did not bring this up to infringe on the civil rights of black people, the Senate slaves here. They brought this. Yeah, uh, but how the hell did they involve him in that whole scenario? So, like, like they put it in on his back now? All of a sudden, like, he, out of everybody, they chose him because, what, the deal is so big? Is it something like that? Is it because well, of the deal is so big, it's a lot of money involved or something like that? I mean, is, is this a historic type of thing? I know the bill is, you know, the mm-hmm. the, 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 the but I'm saying why are they putting it on him, burdening him? Is he, I mean, that's weird. Well, this is my thing, um, Jay, and I already conclude that the moves that they're making now because this man challenged a major corporation like Comcast and won mm. a few, few months ago, that what they're doing now, they're now seeing that 
because of this man's fight and victory, per se, that they want to now start set example and say, you know, it's time that these niggas are now getting not only up in commerce. There are a few black billionaires now in this country, but they don't want to give the notion that now, so now they could get and into the American social order in regards to wealth. And if you control entertainment like that, hey, Merck, we all know that um, Bill Cosby tried to buy NBC like what over twenty, almost thirty years ago, right? And that was rumored that he did he succeeded or failed. But not at the point now where we see now because this country is in a financial hole already, and these people are trying to hold on to whatever little power left. They don't want us to know that or send a message that any black person, man or woman, tried to infringe and tried to collect and gain some form of power in a lot of these institutions, especially in regards to media. So what, what does do his wife say, have to do with a guy? What does his wife have to do with I have no idea why, why people are still talking about his wife, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about what, what they're trying to do to affect every black person, especially black They say because his wife is white, he got a lot of deals, uh, 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 more deals. No, That's actually, what they say. Uh, Big O.C. asked that question. Is because of his wife like that he, the doors are open? I don't nah, know. Nah, nah. What I asked yeah. was yeah. through the experience that he's, that he's gone through and all the doors that he's gone through and all the black people that he hasn't seen, at those mm-hmm. upper echelons and in the meetings, mm-hmm. did that influence him in his pick as a wife? Because oh, that's a good, wow. that that that's would deep. soften that would soften up his his look, his whole appearance when it comes to you know those white boys because those white boys are clearly married to white women. So at least his wife can at least get in with a wife and start it off right there and, and soften up that blow. Like oh, um, Byron's different. We all know. That there's a different black guy. He's different. You know what I'm saying? And you know, you know. That's all I'm saying. You know, Big O.C., that might have be, that might be Uh one of the cases. I don't know. Um, All I know is, you know, in regards to who you pick, you know what I'm saying, it's supposed to be like a status. You know, you get, you you remember the movies like um, Scarface? You get the money, you get this, you get the power, and then you get the woman. You get, what is the three things? The white, Powder, white woman, you know, you know those three W's. So it's like a status at the end of the day. Now, regardless if bringing his white white in those meetings and all stuff, maybe they might press certain other white women of those husbands that are billionaires, maybe. But it really doesn't really change nothing to a lot of these dudes because you got a white wife if you're a black dude, especially depending on what wife you have. You know, they might get yeah. Jealous. It may it may change the conversation. Is all I'm saying, Gary. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. It might me it me might. me showing up to a a, a dinner at mm-hmm. your house with with my black wife and your white wife across the way can't can't um mm-hmm. uh, uh um how do you say it immediately um mm-hmm. think that we have some things in common you know yeah, it, yeah. another barrier I, I, to have I, to cross I, you know I, that I, white I, girl across the table who went to whatever college and has been to Nantucket and and been to the Poconos and, and been to all the places <laughs> to Aspen skiing, that conversation, mm-hmm. that opens the door. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. who knows if the black woman grew up, you know, going to, you know, the, the all these places, you know, Turks and Caicos and, and, and traveling around like that. You know, that's not typically the, the, the normal conversation of what you normally see is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. 
Like I said, it yeah, just softens so him I, I up. Really don't know. I mean, it, it, it probably does help, but, you know, like I said, um, I have to ask somebody that has white wife and is in business to ask to get a proper answer. I don't know because I don't got a white wife, so I wouldn't know. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know the, the feeling or experience. But big old city, let me open the next line. Is that you, Joshua? Hey, what's going on, man? Yeah, what's good, brother? Yeah, so uh, good, get... good topic, okay. man. Hey, um, what I wanted to say is this, that uh, I think some of us have missed the point. I think that he brought up a good point when he was talking, and and he he he, he mentioned the 1862, that, that that was supposed to be the original <clears throat> civil rights bill. Right, right. And he was saying that, but that was kind of in a sense, that, that that was their contract with black people at that time. And and they have not been following this contract with black people, that they have not been giving black people the things that, that we should have to, mm-hmm. to, to build infrastructure. So he brought that up, and this is how this lawsuit got involved. I mean, this is how he, his, his lawsuit got stronger because he brought that up in court. And he said that y'all have not followed that particular law that y'all put in place. White men, you put that in place, but you failed to, 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 to follow that. So, and, and, and this is where he get into Comcast and all of these, you know, and he, and he was explaining how racist Comcast is and their spending practices and as far as giving uh, a, a black syndication uh, uh, money. Mm-hmm. He said that they get like seventy what billions something like that, yeah. whatever it was called. And he said that they they only give give five million dollars to black shows. That's that's ridiculous. No, no, they, purely... they don't invest. They invest zero money to black, you know, right. media. And, and so, so, no so, money. well, well, no, well. He was saying in a different interview that it was $5 million. He said, that's all they get. He said, out of $70 billion, you're only going to give, the, you know, the same people that, that you go inside their homes and you put your cable your, 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 your cable up in, in these black people's houses, and this is how you treat them? So, so, so this is what it's coming, coming out from. And then what woke him up that one of his advisors went to, to a meeting with Comcast. And Comcast said that we, we just straight out his mouth. He said we do not want to do no business with that nigger. That's what they mm-hmm. said. His mm-hmm. white buddy went back and told him what he had said. Mm-hmm. So Byron said, "Oh, so this is what this is about." Because he was he he was upset with them that they didn't give black people, you know, and, and media certain monies to do things. So this was sparked all this stuff. And this was, you know, years ago. So this is something that, that he was fighting for a long time. So now it's coming to uh, to a head where now he's winning because he, he won the first lawsuit. He he won the mm-hmm. first lawsuit. So that, that tricked him out. He said, oh, shit, he, this motherfucker won? Damn. So, so there's a lot that's been going on here, but I think that some of us are missing the point. And this is why I say, like, wow, I said, this is something that they can be using on Capitol Hill, I mean, not Capitol Hill, with the reparation thing. They can be using that, that same bill that they passed and say, hey, look, you're supposed to give black people such and such a thing of this, but you have not did it and in hundreds of years. You have not honored that contract. Yeah. So, 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 so this is the problem. So, so, so again, you know, uh, again, 
He's a billionaire. He's doing his thing. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm proud of him that he's not necessarily being a entertainer per se at first, but I'm proud of the mm-hmm. fact that from a business standpoint that he was able to go to court and beat him on something that, that they wrote that that the, the, the these these founding whites forefathers wrote. He beat him on that and said, "You're supposed to earn that, and you have not been doing that. This, this is a problem." This is why we have black people, or, or you know, in America that are disenfranchised because they have not honored what they said they were supposed to honor. You see, mm-hmm. so I think this is a good thing, um, you know, and 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 that's all I got to say, man. But um, good topic, man. Good, good topic. Mm-hmm. All right, good. Thank you, thank you, Joshua. Um, the call number again is seven one two seven seven zero four one six zero. Access code nine one five four one pound. I repeat seven one two. Seven seven zero four one six zero. Access code nine one five four one pound. Tonight's subject: Chaos Might Present the Four Ds of Economic Exclusion. Open the next line. Open your line. Who's this? Yeah, this is me again. I I didn't say anything. All right. I want to have the big J. He gone? I guess he's gone. Who's on the line? Board. Yep. I guess it's one of them nights. Um, and let me check the chat room. Yeah, it looks like it's quiet. So I guess everybody said their piece. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I'm hoping that I inform people again of what is really at stake. Um, and mind you, some people will, if they really come back to the broadcast or anything, even in the Breakfast Club interview, will look at Byron and say, Byron, you need to stop. You're going to take away all of us. But I see the bigger picture. And like always, victory is going to be up for grabs, whether they like it or not. And to back down and say, no, now, you have no option, especially American law, because they already project what's going to happen to black people in the next 34 years. This is your only shot right now to hold foot of what is already here and what's going to happen down the line. So regardless how this plays out, you know what I'm saying? Is it going to make us or it's going to break us completely? And I want people to get out of fear, like Byron said, you know what I'm saying? Because fear is the greatest. Um, if I remember what he said, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get the point. So um, anybody else has anything, other remarks? And I probably will conclude. Because, you know, I think I said enough. And I want people to reflect on this. And mind you, I'm only one of few people that brought this our broadcast to attention again. And I did not see much much of the people that are quote unquote said they are black, pro black or honor talking about this. Which is I find very ironic and frightening. I could distinguish with a lot of shit, to be fair, but with this, this is something you can't sleep on. And the funny thing, with a lot of dudes that got non-black wives, I don't remember any person out here doing something that's even revolutionary right now that said they're part of the people. Now that I'm really analyzing this shit in its entirety, we got to do better, man. We got to separate black people, especially people that are, you know, the pro-blacks. Got to step up, man. Step up, man. Uh, good luck. All right. 
I like that. Wait, hold on. One last thing. Stay right there for a second, guys. I thank everybody for tuning in to tonight's broadcast. Um, be on the lookout for the next stream. Um, always go back to replay what you miss, you know. You know, leave your comments, like always. And, you know, if you like the video, please like the video. Um, but other than that, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care now. Good night. And that concludes another broadcast. Comment, subscribe, and like the video. You can follow me on Twitter at ChaosRain7. And also you can support the show from my Cash App, which is also linked below. Thank you for listening. And like always, let the chaos rain!